Hey everyone, all our good buddies out there, welcome into the Good Buddies Anime Podcast. I'm your good buddy, Roger. I'm your good buddy, Brandon. And we are covering the last five episodes of Violet Evergarden on this one. That is 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. Did you cry? I did not. I feel like I came pretty damn close. I did. This this uh, show this show is what you call emotional Drano. Yeah, these these last I texted you and I said I was like all these episodes we watched before was the calm and this was the storm. Yeah, you got you you one of your text messages you just said fuck period this period dude period like you were so <laughs> distraught. I was like I can't. I was, I was like, what sad sack wrote this shit? Oh, <laughs> um, it's so good, though. It is good, but so man, good. a couple of these episodes hit really hard, like, oh. Well, it's sad, but it's also it's also kind of uplifting, but mostly sad. Yeah, but, <laughs> but some of those don't have any uplifting to them. I don't know. I, thought, I mean, you know, I guess they got their letter, but. I mean, it. <laughs> that's the thing. Even even the one that the one I'm thinking of, uh, which would be episode, let's see, 13, 12, 11, episode 11, mm-hmm. even that one, like, Definitely had the biggest bummer of an ending, but yeah, it ended. Not, uh, it still ended with them smiling and saying thank you. Like, yeah, that was good. I didn't feel thankful, dude. I felt burned. <laughs> I certainly. Well, you're burning. Yeah, you're bur- I feel burning, like I was Roger. burning. Your um, body is covered with the invisible burns. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a very good stretch of episodes. Very good finale. Uh, I do want to go ahead and say at the end of this, we'll be mentioning what we're watching next. So be sure to. St- Stick around after we finish the breakdown of this whole thing to know what we're going to watch next. Or just read the description because it's definitely there. Yeah, it'll kidding? be in there. <laughs> all right. Well, before we get into all that, let me ask you, bud, what have you been watching? Well. <laughs> oh, no. Well. Oh, no. So I said last week I was I was trying to, I watched that Berserk movie. And I was like, I really want to get back into all this new Berserk stuff. Mm-hmm. I cleared out those other two movies. Those they, movies they as were, a whole, they were not great. No, those movies as a whole were good. I really liked them. They were true to the '97 series, plus a little more the the stuff that the '97 series. See, was I've, I've only to. seen a couple clips. I don't know any um, of Berserk really. They man, they were graphic, and once I I got used to just seeing that kind of softer screen mm-hmm. with the the fuzz animation or whatever. Sure. Um, Do you think they did that? But like. Because otherwise it'd be like a, like a really hot, bad rating or something. Did they have to soften? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's so. like their very limited censorship. I mean, no. I think <laughs> I think the lines and stuff were fine. The movies weren't censored at all. Mm. I mean, there was more bush in those movies Jesus. than your grandmother's yard. Good God! Um, it, the way you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. Um, so also there's there's some fancy dicks and stuff in there. Got, it's berserk. You got them berserk is ding dong. Berserk yeah. is hyper violent. It is hyper sexualized. That's what you get. It's very gritty. Okay. Um, and I mean you're you're in a world full of demons and things with ill intent mm-hmm. and uh, constant war going on, 
it's it's a very very visceral world mm-hmm. and you know guts is you know your super macho guy with a huge with a big, sword big or whatever sword. and he sometimes he like it he appeals as a dick but he's really not gotcha um so you finished the movies we got through the movies okay okay and i was like all right we're gonna see this <laughs> this newer animation this upped animation they upped their game it's gonna be crisp i do not like the animation as much <laughs> didn't care for it okay so i i'm still gonna watch it and still gonna go through because mm. i still the story is still there but this animation so they do this weird thing it looks like a Marvel versus Capcom three almost. What? That's kind of what the animation is like. Okay. So in the the movies, they would switch between. It was like the two point five D stuff where you would have some three sure. D stuff going on, but the faces and all that stuff they were they were a lot of times two D. Okay. This one is all. It all stays that kind of cell shaded style. Uh, I do kind of like the cross hatching and stuff they do across the faces. It makes okay. it look unique. It is definitely a unique looking show. Okay. But it also looks like a sharp 3DS game. Uh, uh, that sounds weird, man. Uh, it is weird. You, you would have to see it to really uh, understand it. But what I don't like about it is on Verve, you can watch the Crunchyroll or Funimation version, and both of them are censored. That's crazy. And, and I do not like that. That's crazy. I can see the argument being made that, you know, like, well, they don't need to show all these dicks and these boobs and... Okay, we're beyond the time of not coloring in nips anymore. We're we're beyond that. But not only the cutting out of like the penises, any sexual organ pretty much, they remove that, but also the the violence and stuff is toned down a whole lot. Like they'll do like this black shading, like this black bar over stuff almost, to where you can't see if he cuts somebody in half, you can't see entrails and uh, there is blood. There's plenty of blood. It puddles of blood, but mm-hmm. it's just it's dampened down. And then I did some research, and like, well, the Blu-rays are all uncensored. Yeah, the I mean, on the Funimation part of Verve, it, it has the mature tag. So it you it don't still has expect. mature. It still would hit the mature limit. I yeah. absolutely. Um, and there, I don't know why censor in the first place, though, because they still show enough to where like you can't go above that tab. I guess it's at some points you could consider it near hentai level, but it doesn't quite break that. Christ. Um, it is very graphic. It is, but that's what I signed up to watch with something graphic, uh, with a really cool story. There's, it's, I compared it to like, I was talking about a scene with you and my girlfriend earlier, and I won't get okay. into that scene, but, <laughs> you know, immediately, like, whenever I, I mentioned one of the, the characters or creatures that appears, mm mm-hmm. Uh, I could feel like eyes burning through me, and I was like, "Well, hold on, you watch." Oh, we weren't looking; we were just thinking real. Yeah, hard. <laughs> I was like, "Well, hold on, you watch Game of Thrones." Like, there's nothing in here that you're not going to see in Game of Thrones. Okay, except this is just animated. Sure. Um, but man, I just I I can't get behind. You really wanted to see them ding dongs. It's the censorship, dude. I've never had a like a, a leg in this race until now. Like, <laughs> I went through all this stuff. I went through that fuzzy animation. I've been super pumped about watching this, and you censored it. You censored it like I'm a child. There's no child that even the version you have out there now that should be watching this anime. And now, granted, I'm sure a lot of us watched the first Berserk pretty young. If you watched it, I did see it at a pretty young age. Sure, probably twelve or thirteen. Way younger than I should have been. It's going to be okay, buddy. But regardless, I'm still trucking through. 
Uh, oh, I did want to mention that the Blu-rays, I, I kind of touched on this. The Blu-rays are uncensored. Why don't mm. we have that version? Well, I don't know, man. I want it. I want it. I want to see them titties and them ding-dongs. I, you know, I want to see them get cut in half. Just and color not in the nit, man. This isn't Tenchi Muyo 1996. <laughs> I'd watch the hell out of that, though. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I could spank my monkey to it then, Jesus but I Christ. can't now. Roger, <laughs> Roger. <laughs> so I've been watching Berserk. I watched the new episode of Megalobox. Very good. I need to watch the new episode of Full Metal Panic. But yeah, I'm on that same stuff. Okay, what what do you got, big guy? Uh, I've been watching a show that is. I told you about it a little bit earlier. I showed you the opening to it too. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fucking adorable. It's called. It's on. Uh, it's available on Amazon. It is airing now. So new episodes coming out every Thursday. I don't know how many episodes there are going to be, but right now there's like seven. I think six or seven. Probably twelve or thirteen. But yeah, it's called. I, w- I would assume ten or twelve, probably. But it is called, and I'm just going to pull it up real quick to make sure I'm saying this right, Wotakoi, Love is Hard for Otaku, uh, which is a pretty adorable series about these uh, uh, people, uh, you know, early 20s, mid 20s maybe, Mm -hmm. who are working in this office building together, and they're all just a bunch of nerds. And there's two gals, two guys, nice. and they they are like co-ed you know, working conditions. Jesus Christ, they're they're kind of paired <laughs> off, um, but it's super super cute. The, I think the reason I, I'm liking it so much is because I told you this. And granted, this is I don't know it, I don't know if it's fair to compare it to these two shows, but I, that's they're two shows I've watched recently, and that's what I'm comparing them to. It feels like it strikes a really good chord between gamers and that. Uh, uh, recovery of an MMO junkie. Yeah. Where it's like these, you know, not high school kids. They're, you know, working adults and they're also like giant nerds. And it's like, a, it's like, it's a rom-com. It's super cute. I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, like the main girl, um, she's like a super huge manga nerd. She loves her comics specifically. She likes those boy on boy. They call, she, she talks I, a lot I about th- boys. I love said comics. the term earlier. I'm pretty certain that the, like a, a girl that is into the boy on boy stuff. The is it Yuri Yaoi? Yaoi, yeah, Yaoi, I think is Yowie. the boy on boy stuff. Uh, it's a Fujoshi. That is the, the uh, yeah. I've for, heard. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right. I've definitely heard those I'm terms. Sure Fujoshi and Fudanshi. I've heard those terms, and I'm I know like sure one's Fujoshi. one and one's yeah. the other. But yeah, she she's one of them's. and she even like makes her own comics. That's a whole thing. Um, there's an episode where she's like at a there's a great bit where she's like at one of these uh big conventions and like selling her wares like her comics and whatnot that she makes and her boyfriend uh who is a a a nerdy guy who's like all about video games who works in the office with her they they were friends for a while and they kind of he kind of pulls a you because like roger famously has said the way he ended up with his girlfriend is he he says how do you put it roger i told her this should be stupid not to date me which is basically what this guy does, and it worked. So there yeah, you go. Twice. That's two times. <laughs> it's kinda, one in real life and one in not real life. So this guy. I mean, that's the strategy, guys. Get out there. But um, he he's like there with her, and she runs off to get a a like a like an autograph or something from some artist she likes, and he's sitting there manning her store for uh, her her little table for her selling the books. And she overhears a bunch of other girls like saying, oh, my gosh, there's this super cute guy and he's selling a bunch of uh, boy love mangas. And she's like and she like runs back to find that apparently some dude bought one from him and was a little 
too lingering with the hand touch when oh, he gra- no. when he got the book. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking hilarious. But yeah, then they also have their two friends, a guy and a girl. The guy is also into comics, but mostly like the you know jump shit. Um, well, like the the actiony stuff, like your Naruto's and whatnot. And the girl, uh, who was also at that convention, uh, is also into those mangas and whatnot. But she mostly does cosplay, which is fucking great. Like she'll just show up dressed as like a sexy dude. Um, and like hit on her own boyfriend to, to embarrass him and shit. It's fucking hilarious. The, the show's really cute. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, check it out. If you got that Amazon, it's really fun. And the opening theme song, I played it for you. It's fucking great. It's like this real poppy thing with like your drums and guitars and your, and it's like got violins and shit. And it's so damn catchy. It's been stuck in my head for a couple of days now. And like the intro is super adorable too. the animation stuff. It's really good. It's a really good show. I'm enjoying it. Nice, man. Not a whole lot of penises and ding-dongs in that one, obviously. Well, you know, I'm you didn't sorry sign up for it. You know, no one gets cut in half in that one. I know that's what you're into. Yeah, well, I signed up for that. So. <laughs> but I, no, I, I actually have seen a little bit on the anime, and I do want to watch it. Yeah, I think it's really cute. I can't, uh, I, I really hope you, uh, you check it out, man, because I think you'd like it a lot. But yeah, it's a fun show. And that's what we've been watching. Nice, that is what we've been watching. And so, with that done... What else we've been watching is Violet Evergarden, and we're closing it out. Let's finish it Good off, man. Good buddies, we are closing it Let's jump it right out. into episode nine, which Ep- is basically the part two from episode eight. Yep. And let's get her started. What's Epis- it called? Violet Evergarden. Well, that's the show. What's the episode? The, the... Violet Evergarden. No, but episode nine is... Violet Evergarden. Okay, that's what it's called. <laughs> All right, so yeah, this one starts right where the last one uh, left off. Uh, that one ended on a big old cliffhanger with them at the Battle of Intense. This is where we know this is where Violet lost her arms. We know it's where that scene where they were on the stairs is, and it ended. Episode eight ended with him with the major catching a bullet right in his eye and mm-hmm. falling down. And this one starts right there. Uh, Major is bloodied on the ground. He takes another shot before Violet comes to her senses and grabs a gun and starts firing back. Kills a dude. Other dude, like, runs off. Clip is empty. I mean, it's rough stuff. And he tells her to just run, and she says she won't leave him. She picks him up. They start walking. Another soldier shoots her goddamned arm off. That's how yeah. she lost the right Blows one. right off. That's how she lost her right arm. Takes a shot at her, boom. You were saying before, like, that uh, there's a scene where she's, like, taking down a bunch of dudes, and she uh, grabs a gun and fires it with one hand, and you said, that would break that little girl's arm off. Yeah. Well, getting shot sure as hell did it, because that thing is gone. It just sloughs right off of her. Whoo, boy. Uh, Major manages to take that guy out. They keep moving. Uh, a, a dude hucks a grenade at him and, uh, as they're going behind this big column and it blows up. They, they get away like, and they're on those stairs and that's when you see her other arm fall off, I guess, from the explosion or whatever. It was rough, man. And like, these are like real people arms, not the metal arms. Them real people arms just got blown right the fuck off of her. Um, so we get that same, same scene on the stairs. You have to live and be free and just know mm-hmm. I love you. But then we see a little bit more of it where she says, what is, what is that? I don't understand. What is love? Baby, Baby don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. <laughs> you got to get it in there. Right? Yeah, you do. You do. And I knew it was coming. <laughs> the worst. And I definitely thought it as soon as I heard, the, I heard yeah. it. As soon as you heard it, you were like, dun, 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 dun. All right. Can't see us bobble our heads, but we're doing we it. We were doing it. We were doing it. Uh, but she says, what is love? Explain it. Uh, there's Then you see like a number of huge explosions. You get a wide shot of this this uh, this fort and this this town, whatever it is, and it's just getting 
blown straight to hell, like complete huge explosions and whatnot. And, uh, the hallway starts collapsing. There's like a wave of rubble flying toward him. Violet gets all woozy, starts to pass out, and Gilbert lunges at her at the last second. And then it goes black, present time, and you see Violet there at those ruins, digging through this rubble Man, with her digging through rocks. with her metal hands and whatnot. And I guess she's literally just digging for answers. She wants to know what uh, you know. Did he really die? Is he gone? Whatever. Hodges shows up. He explains that after the uh, after Apparently the flare the, went up. Nope, go ahead. Oh no! Wait, no way. That was a dream sequence. I was like, no, that's the, later. The, I was like, there's the a blood... pretty pretty rough dream sequence. Yeah, I was like, the blood stains are all still there, but I forgot. Yeah, that was we'll a get dream to that. Sequence. But uh, Hodges explains that after uh, Gilbert shot up the flare and they began the attack, the Garderick Empire bombarded their own base. Just these fucking sore losers, I guess. Which, fair enough, I guess. You know, war, war is hell. Yeah, they didn't want him to have it. it makes um, sense, I guess. Yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, we do see a brief clip there uh, when he explains that of this dude with this weird splotch on his face, like a birthmark thing. Yeah. We meet him later. Uh, but you see him giving the order to, to blow up their own base. Uh, they've ended up finding her at the bottom of the steps, and she says, she's like, just sitting there like it starts raining and she's just kneeling at, at this rubble and she says everybody at the hospital told me Gilbert was okay he was still alive and Hodges says we couldn't tell you the truth you were more concerned about him than yourself he says Let, let's come on let's go and she doesn't want to she says where where can I go I can only go where the major is and Hodges says well fine I'll stay too he asked me to take care of you after all and he goes on to explain that uh, before the battle, and this is where we got the scene I was talking about, like, when when did Gilbert tell him this? Uh, before the battle, Gilbert went to his tent and asked him to take Violet to the Evergarden house if anything happened to him. And he says that Gilbert never saw you as a weapon, not a tool. You were only, he only saw you as, as, a, as a normal girl that you are. <sighs> it's real sad stuff. Um, then the horn honks because Benedict had to go and ruin the mood. Yeah. He's dro- he, yeah, he drove uh, Hodges He's there. Valentine's dude. He gives Leonard. <laughs> um, but yeah, he uh, they end up in the car. Uh, he's driving them back. Uh, and Hodges uh says something that ends up coming back. Uh, later it ends up being a big point for Violet. He says, "You don't need his orders anymore." As they're driving. Mm-hmm. So the road's closed. Apparently, this anti-peace faction. And see, this is a this is a thing I like that they do in these episodes. I, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but a thing that this show does um, that's a lot like other shows. Like, I mean, I, it's it's a common thing in in television programs. Like, you know, your your X Files, your Buffy the Vampire Slayers, and whatnot. You'll have these episodes that are you know about the overarching story, about this mm-hmm. main character's storyline. But then in between, you'll have all these like little like you know. Uh, the, the story of the week thing like in X-Files yeah. it was the monsters of the weeks like oh this one's not about aliens yeah, this, and Mulder sisters this, one this one's kinda, about the wolfman this like an- kind of anime I kind of related to I, I definitely see that approach but 
in every episode she's learning they a still, valuable they emotion. S- she yeah. gets she not only learns stuff, but they even drop in little other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like this one is a is a major like violet episode, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this one is where it's they first violet Evergarden. Well, yes. But this is <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> this is the one where they uh one of the first times they mention this anti peace faction from Garderick. These uh these guys who were part of that Garderick army who don't like that this piece is happening. They believe that the war needs to continue. They want us to keep it going. And there's another episode later that is one of those like, you know, here's the sad story for this time that doesn't really do a whole lot for the overarching like plot, but it also you get more information about this anti-peace faction. So even those ones like have a little drops in and everything, which I thought was cool. Yeah, the roads closed because of this anti-peace faction have been attacking uh, the town nearby and the the surrounding areas. So they end up taking a different route. Uh, As they're driving, there's a very brief scene where, like, Violet looks out the window and sees one of the soldiers saluting uh, because Hodges is on the is on the car in Mm -hmm. the car, obviously. And as they pass, she she for a flash, she sees herself, her younger self standing there. I like it's whenever like, when Hodges gets out to talk to the soldier real quick. Yeah, and the soldier's, the soldier's like, like sir. sir, and he's like, well, I'm not actually with the uh, whatever. Never mind, never mind. Yeah, he just he gives him the addies. He's like, I don't have time for this shit. Uh, it's pretty great. So they're back at the office. Uh, there's a brief scene where uh, the old guy we saw before, who we know is a delivery man, uh, like Benedict. Um, you never get his name, I don't think, Mm-mm. but he's the older, bushy, bearded guy who ate noodles with Benedict <clears throat> earlier. Uh, but he's also a delivery man, and he's uh. Th- there's a brief scene where he's talking to I think um, I think Benedict and someone else. Um, yeah. it, it was uh, it was Hodges and uh, Catalea. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, but was, he's uh, they're explaining that they can't get any good help up in that place, dude. No, this there was there was a new guy. There this was is a, ridiculous. It's pretty. This is pretty fucked up. Apparently, this new guy just couldn't hack it. This new delivery man, and he just tossed his letter somewhere that he was supposed he to deliver. Threw them away. So yeah, Ben and the Benedict and the old guy have to go find him and deliver him. Um, Violet, meanwhile, is sitting up in her room. All right, that's a that's a joke for someone out there. But uh, she's just sitting by the bed, not even on the bed. She's just sitting against the wall by the bed, very depressed. She does not let anyone in. Catalea comes by, tries to, uh, you know, leaves her some food and says, we're all waiting to see you. And from inside, she hears Violet say that she's sorry, but she she doesn't come out. And she says, it's just like Hodges says, just like Mr. Hodges says or president, whatever. I'm burning for the things I've done. I'm I'm burning right now. And... Catalea is pissed, confronts him in his office and says, why would you even say that? She didn't have a choice in the matter. And this is, uh, this is one we talked about briefly because, uh, Hodges, Hodges and hers conversation, Hodges and Catalea's conversation. He says, well, you can't erase the, erase the past. And Catalea says, but yes, but you can forget about it and start over. And he says, no, it can't be forgotten. You and I are on fire too. We have invisible scars from the flames, which, I think you and I both took as, whoa, was was she also yeah. in the war? Was she also a soldier or something? And from what I've from what research I've done, I definitely don't they never mention her being a soldier. Um, this is all based on this light novel series, and I don't think there's any mention of her being a soldier there either. She does say later, in like I think the last episode, you find out that she was a dancer before and she did know a lot of soldiers, obviously, because they would all come in and see her. She mm-hmm. was the entertainment. Um but yeah, it's that's an interesting line that we all we both have those scars too. Uh, 
A sexy, sexy dancer, dude. I mean, hold me closer, Catalina. All right. Um, and then she says, well, then what can she do? And uh, Hodges just says she has to learn who she is and she has to accept it. And Catalina retorts, well, but she lost the major. And Hodges says, well, she hasn't. Not really. And I'm like, fucker, is he dead or not? Like, make up your mind. Yeah. But uh, it, it interestingly in the I, subtitle, I assumed I was like at that point I was like I was like, hey. so <laughs> I was firmly and I'm not gonna say did. too much, uh, but I, I was firmly in the stance of that he did. I was like, oh, what he means is he's in her heart. Yeah, some, sure. Some um, some common crap like that. Inter- I do like uh, I actually like the the subtitle translation of that line what better. Say? He says uh, she hasn't. Uh, uh, she says she's lost him. He says she hasn't. Not really. In the subtitles, he says she hasn't or anything else, which I kind of like that saying that like it's not just about him. Because in the in the literal one, he says she hasn't lost him. She hasn't really, which is fine. Yeah. But this one is not just about him. She's gotten so much more that she hasn't lost either. Which I I kind of like that. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, we see a scene with Eric and Iris. They're also worried. They're saying, well, what if she never comes back? I don't know. What's going to happen? There's a knock on the door. And Spencer, Laculia's uh, drunk brother from before, apparently cleaned up now. Yeah, not so drunk. Yeah. He's come in and he wants to hire someone. Looking pretty good, man. Yeah. Um, and he just says that he wants to hire someone to write a letter for him. And then we cut. Violet is back at those stairs again at the at, uh, at Intense. And like you said, the bloodstains are there. Mm-hmm. And this time she's dressed in her doll cost uh, in her doll dress and everything. She's not like in her most of the time when we've seen her on these stairs, she's in her military outfit with no arms. This time she's dressed as a doll and she hears a voice say, what's the matter? And it's Gilbert. He's sitting there right where he was before. Uh, and he looks fine. He's got like no blood or anything now. Mm hmm. And she says she she she's shocked that he's there, and she says, "I I know you're alive." And he goes, "You're you're a doll now." And all of a sudden, his face is bloodied, and he says, and blood starts running down his face and down the stairs, just pooling on each stair before it drips down to the next one. And he says, "You write letters that connect people and bring them together." He's and she looks bitch. down, and her dress is soaking up this blood, and her hands are covered in it, and. He and and she's just like so scared for a second. There's blood everywhere, and then she wakes up. It was a nightmare. It was fucked up. She she. I mean, that's literally D 3s line. Mm-hmm. You know, it was fucked. But yeah, the the shit's obviously getting to her. She understands what it means to be on that she's on fire now, and she is really feeling that heat. Clearly, um. She rages for a second here. She like stands up and goes to her desk and just screams and throws down her her books and her her papers and everything. She grabs the dog and she's like holding it and she that little plushy doll she had. She's mm-hmm. about to tear it in half, but then she doesn't. <laughs> they she just... animated that dog really well in the scene. Too. Yeah, and like this... you can see the distance between the the like on the eye mm-hmm. where it's painted on the top. Yeah, it was super cute. And there's like a gap in either like in the it was really acrylic good. or whatever. But yeah, she uh she grabs it and then she just like falls to her knees, and then she puts it down in front of her. And puts her hand, her metal hands around her throat and tries to strangle herself, but she can't. She, yeah. Either she can't or she doesn't, but she stops. Well, you can't kill yourself like that. 
I don't know. With metal arms, you might be able to. Yeah. At they, a certain, I, guess, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Because I know you can't. crank them to where they wouldn't move or something yeah. like that. I, I thought know about you, that. I but. know you can't just, like, strangle yourself. You'll pass out first and yeah. then your hand relaxes. But she tried it, but she doesn't She doesn't even pass out. She just stops. And she just starts, she starts crying and she says, please tell me what to do. I need your orders. I need your orders. Talking to Gilbert, obviously. Uh, a little bit later, there's a knock at the door and that old man is there. And he says, uh, he's got a letter for her. And she says, oh, you're still delivering so late? And he explains, uh, he tells her about the lost letters and whatnot. Uh, and she says, well, where's Benedict? Oh, he sprained his ankle. It's those boots he wears. And we get to see those crazy high-heeled boots he wears up yeah. from. Those fucking Bayonetta stiletto boots. Yeah, they are ridiculous. Oh, my God. So y- you do see them briefly in earlier episodes, particularly when he talks to Violet on the street because he's on his bike and you can see like his whole outfit very clearly. But yeah, my dude wears these like knee high fucking stiletto boots, maybe to make him look taller, maybe because he's just a fashion fucking icon and I love him. But he also, what I think is more striking than those fucking boots are those goddamn pants. Because mm-hmm. my dude wears these tight, like green, like military leather pants and they have a split that starts at the knee and it goes like in a split up the pants. And then holding them together is like these just crossings. It looks like a looks like a like a what do you call it? Like a corset braid, mm-hmm. like to hold them yeah. together. Going going behind that split to hold them open. And it looks like he's just wearing fishnets and some sweet sweet boots. My dude has a look, and I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, he's got a really bad sprained ankle because of these Man, goddamn. Man, I would boots. hate to deliver Mel in those boots. <laughs> yeah, but he he makes it work. Boom, yummy. Um, Does he make it work? Apparently. I mean, he sprained his ankle, but he makes it work up till now. Yeah. There's actually a great scene where he talks about uh, how his ankle sprained, and he's, like, sitting there with with his boot off and his foot, like, up on a stool or something, and Catalea's there, like, putting a compress on him. Uh, like you know putting something on his on his swollen ankle and he's just like Ugh. and she looks at him and she goes hmm and then just like pushes it real hard and he's like ow, ow, ow. it's really <laughs> it's really cute but yeah he uh the old man explains like that all that's happening and he says uh he starts to leave and then violet comes and helps him uh she wants to help deliver the remaining letters since since benedict is hurt and she delivers one. You can hear people inside, like, so happy that they got a letter. And he says, each one contains someone's feelings, and each one deserves to be delivered. And that that touches her. And then afterwards, she reads the letter that she got from Iris and Erica. And they, they just briefly explain how worried they are. And they say that we're waiting for you. Um, which is the same thing Catalea said earlier. Which, yeah, just go, it all blends together. Um, they mentioned that Spencer came by and wants to write a letter for his sister, uh, to thank her and apologize. And he's, and that he will only talk to Violet because of course she, she was such an instrumental part in their relationship. Yeah. So to the next day, Violet, uh, is at Spencer's place and writes it for him. Uh, Spencer explains, Spencer says, uh, thank you so much. Uh, he explains that he's got a new job and it's all thanks to, uh, Laculia, so he wanted to thank her, and Violet says that she she wasn't going to do it, but she came back because of that letter that she got. She says it was the first one I received, and it made me see how special it is to get a letter. And as she walks back, I really like this series of things that happens. As she's walking back, she sees a man reading this paper, and on the front of it, the cover story uh, is about Charlotte and Damien, 
the prince and princess who mm-hmm. she helped him get together with with her riding and there's a picture of them and as she she keeps passing and she sees these ads for oscar weber's new play which is uh she like bows to him mm-hmm. it's really it's really nice um but yeah she continue uh, and then as she she keeps going and she stops at this flower shops uh, this flower shop and there's a there's a pot of violets on display and she bends down and she remembers Gilbert and remembers him giving her that name and telling her that you'll grow into it and you'll be someone worthy of that name and not just a tool and then she she's got this newfound resolve she runs to the office she runs in and everybody's like oh Violet! and she just runs straight upstairs straight to Hodges's office and she says, it's just as you said, I had burns all over my body. So I do, ha- do I have any right to be a doll? And she, she continues, do I have any right to be alive? To keep living? And he hears this and he just, he starts tearing up and he starts crying. And he says, you can't erase the past. Although, and then, the, and then she, there's all these flashes. You see Spencer giving Laculia uh, the letter that Violet wrote for him. And you see Charlotte and Damien sitting on there sitting together with a pile of letters that were for them you see weber watching the play uh from backstage he's watching it being performed and you see leon our our good little astronomy boy uh climbing this mountain and he looks up and he sees this just beautiful starry sky and hodges continues he says just know everything you've done as a doll won't disappear either and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. You can't st- you can't erase the bad things you've done, but the yeah. good you've done stays too, and that's good. Can't be undone. Everything stays. Yeah, right can't be undone, but it's all the good time. things Y'all can't be undone that. as well. Uh, I liked it. It was really it was good. very good. It's very touching. You'd see Hodges cry a little bit. It's beautiful. And that was beautiful. Violet Evergarden. And that was episode nine. And we can just stop there, right? <laughs> we don't have to do these next these next two Man, that are I very don't very want sad. To. <laughs> You were really bummed out about more oh, than well, I thought you would be for sure. Like, oh wow, this is this is sad. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not ragging on you because I straight up cried at these. You say you didn't even cry, but yeah, damn, these really hit you. It sounds like. I think, I think it takes. It, it's gonna take a little bit. I mean, they might have. They had me reeling with this, but it's gonna take a really good punch to get me to cry. All right. But this was this. If was, you want to pick me up, man, check out that water course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was close, man. Like they 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 hit me pretty good. I, oh, I I could feel feelings. As as I said, I've watched these uh, Saturday just to get the feel for them, and then again on Thursday to like take the notes. Mm-hmm. And I cried both times on this next one, uh, episode <laughs> ten. A loved one will always watch over you. All right, here we go. Um, so this one starts at this this home, this large mansion out in the country. We can tell it's out in the country because there's no houses nearby, mm-hmm. no neighbors, and a long, long path lined with trees leading up to it. And there's a little girl who's playing with her doll, and she's like, oh, what should we do? I don't know. What should we do? Like, it's adorable. Yeah. And she sees this car come up um, way down that down the road, but she sees it because there's nothing else to look at except these fields. And she sees Violet get out of the car and she starts walking toward the house and she says, there's a monologue for the little girl. This is another thing I thought was that I've mentioned this before, but I really like how like each episode kind of these, these like, you know, here's the sad story this week episodes, uh, not necessarily the ones that deal with Violet's past and whatnot, but 
there's like each one of them if you watch back there's someone giving a monologue and you know like that's kind of the person that's going to end up like being the focus of this one going to be that mm-hmm. Violet's going to deal with and whatnot Laculia had a monologue at the beginning of her episode Erica and Iris both did this little girl does etc etc it's really it's a cool little touch they do yeah Leon Leon had his etc etc but she says uh I saw a doll a really big doll and for some reason I thought she was bad oh she's so bad she doesn't like her. She doesn't. I don't like the cut of your jib, giant doll. Jib jab. Okay. Um. So this little girl. You know what a jib jab is? I don't. I'm scared. Pretty sure it's a word for wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Roger. Everything's a word for wiener if you're as gross as us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean every. Every time before we start an episode, we're like, "Gotta get all your penises and ding dongs out." And there you you just go throwing one out. Like yeah. I thought we I thought we got these out before the show. <laughs> but I no, mean, the penises and ding dongs are a metaphor for everything. All right, it's all penises and ding dongs in the Good Buddies universe. I don't I don't know how to feel about <laughs> these statements. <laughs> you like it? I don't know. I'm scared. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Nice one. You spilling water now? Did no, you... the condensation on my my Brita. Come on, dude. Is it got stuck to the? Yeah, we're gonna flip it stuck over. Stuck to your badass uh, Nintendo cartridge coasters. Yep. Jesus, fuck. All, All right. right. So this little girl, we find out her name is Anne. Uh, she runs into a room where her mother is meeting with some other people. Uh, her mother is in bed while these other two are sitting in chairs next to her, which you kind of get the immediate idea that mama's not feeling so great. Um, but they're discussing something with her. Uh, the maid, we find out her name is Alice, you know, just like in the Brady Bunch. Uh, she comes by and confirmed uh, and, and runs in saying, I saw a big doll, a really big doll. Well, it was a big doll. And she's like, a doll? What are you talking about? And the maid comes in and says, oh, ma'am, she's finally here and confirms that, yes, there is this doll has arrived. Um, and the mother asks the guests then at this point to leave and they kind of object. They're like, well, well hang on. What are you going to do with this mansion? She can't live here alone, they say. And you don't really know what they're talking about, but you get the idea that Mama is sick. Yeah. And she ain't doing too good. She ain't doing too good. Uh, the description for this episode on Netflix kind of just gives that away for up front anyway. But, I mean, you find out pretty early, so I guess it doesn't matter. But, yeah, it, it describes a uh, a terminally ill uh, wife of a, a war hero or something and her daughter and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um... So the 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 mother and the daughter uh, come out and greet Violet, and Violet does her little uh, introduction. Uh, Violet Evergarden, auto memory doll, like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the little girl and she's like, she can talk. <gasps> I and then she gives her she calls when she calls herself an auto memories doll. The little girl says, I knew it. I knew you were a doll. And mom has some tea brought out and watches just staring just watching very intently watching violet and violet sips the tea and she goes she drank it but where does the tea go and violet's like well kid eventually i'm gonna piss yeah (laughs) she keeps saying that i'm going to expel it from my body and it will return to the earth is what she says but basically she's like kid you know one of these days i'm gonna have to piss I really, this happens twice, and it's funny both times to me. Yeah. Uh, even though one of them's at the end, and then I immediately started crying because that shit happened. <laughs> but um, she says, eventually it will be spelled from my body and returned to the earth. And Violet, we find out, has been hired for seven days. 
and she says, well, where do you want to begin, ma'am? And mom says, well, let's go to the sunroom. It's very, it's very nice in there and very bright. Uh, the sunroom, um, is a nice little area that's like, you know, kind of, kind of a patio. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, there's a, there's a window right there that the little girl watches them through and watches them through and, and gets kind of bummed out. Um, and she says, well, I could have wrote these letters for you. Oh, dear, you don't know all the big words. Well, who's it for? And mom says, well, it's for someone very far away. And she doesn't get any more than that. Yeah. And Anne watches them through the window as they start. Mom almost immediately collapses. Um, she falls out of her chair, and Violet's helping her up. The Alice, the maid, runs in. And later... Uh, mom assures Anne that she's fine. I'm fine. She clearly is not fine, but I'm fine. And Anne, Anne says, uh, mom's back in bed now. And she says, well, can I stay with you? I'll, I'll sing you a lullaby. Well, adults don't need lullabies. Well, then can I, can I just take a nap? Can I sleep with you? And she says, well, no, I thought you were too old for naps. She says, well, this is one time. She yeah, clearly just wants to spend time with her mother. It's very, yeah. it's very, it's very sad. Um, but mom says, well, no, no, um, Violet's here. So why don't you go see to her in for entertainment? And she says, I hate visitors. They're trying to take you away. Mm. I'm a baby. Mm. It's all very sad. Um, Anne is excited to play with Violet and she, yeah, she turns it around real fast. Yeah. She turns around pretty quick <laughs> when she gets to hang out with Violet. Um, and she, she says, we could play in the garden or we could play with my doll and she says okay how do i do that and she gives the doll she's like you just like talk to her and take care of her and stuff obviously and she just as soon as violet's holding the doll and looking at her the little Anne just starts laughing uncontrollably she says a doll playing with another doll <laughs> what is this <laughs> it's really cute um rogers just stared me down because he knows where this episode ends up and i'm like dude we gotta i'm trying to keep a little heart lighthearted you got to talk about penises and ding-dongs. Um, That's how I keep things lighthearted. It's <laughs> um, the only thing I know. Violet Violet doesn't really get it playing with the doll, but she plays along. And I, Anne gets kind of bummed out when uh, Alice comes by and tells Violet her room's ready. And she, she goes to, you know, get set up in her room. Um, but yeah, Anne spends most of her time just sulking. We see, uh, we see the next day or two where... Violet is uh, helping write and whatnot, and Anne's just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. There's no one to play with. There's no other kids. It's just her mom, the maid, who doesn't live there, so she's not even there all the time. Um, and there's Violet now. And that night, Anne goes and visits Violet in her room, and she asks her how long she's going to be there, and she says, well, for seven days, and she figures that out. She says, well, who's who's that letter for? And Violet won't say. She says, I can't. It's confidential. I cannot tell you. She says, well, it's not my father. He's been gone for a while. And we find, and she explains that her dad died in the war. She says, you know about the war, right? She's like, uh, yeah, I know about the war. Thanks. Yeah, a thing or two. Yeah. Do, do I ever, kid? Um, but yeah, Van Violet eventually manages to pacify Ed, uh, Anne for a bit by telling her about the other doll she works with, Erica and Iris and, uh, and Cadillac and them. And eventually, um, Anne agrees to go to bed since a lady is not supposed to stay up all night, Anne. So she does eventually go to bed. And the next day, uh, we see Violet uh, reading to Anne. And over these next few days, she is pretty much like Anne's whole deal. Anytime that Violet is not writing, every moment that she can be, Anne is with Violet and just going, Violet, Violet, hey, Violet. It's It's... 
it's pretty cute and she's like telling her riddles and they're reading and they're playing in the garden and all this and as long as she's not working violet is pretty happy to oblige um and Anne watches violet and her mother while they're while they are uh when they are riding and then later in her room that night um she's kind of spying on them as they talk and mom sees her at the door and says oh, hey what's going on and Anne comes in and she says she wanted to ask Violet if she would tie a ribbon in her hair. And mom says, okay, well maybe later we're, we're talking right now. And Violet says, oh, well we can, let's, do you mind if we take a break? Um, I feel like she'd be pretty upset if, uh, if I don't. And so she goes to tie the ribbon in her hair and, Anne is still upset. She's like sitting there with a little, like little kid face on. She says, you're not the person I wanted to tie the ribbon in my hair. And she says, I know I really wanted my mom to do it. I know. And I want to read and play and I want to spend time with my mom. And she says, will you please stop taking all my, all, all my time with my mother? And she says, I can't, I have, I have to finish my work. And she, she pleads and begs for Violet to at least let her be in there when she writes. But Violet says, no, I can't do that. And well, then t- uh, who's the letter for? I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter. She's like, it's confidential. Can't let you do that. It's just me and your mom in there. We're writing. So eventually it's Violet's last day and they're making good time. They're on pace to finish all the the letters and whatnot that she needs to write. And mom collapses again and Anne runs in and she's screaming and crying. And there's a really pretty heartbreaking monologue here she has where she's yelling at her mom because she just wants to spend time with her and her mom's refusing to spend time with her. And she says, who is this for anyway? It's not dad. It's probably some stranger. No one even cares about you. What she means is no one cares about you but me. Mm-hmm. But, man, it's rough. And she says, is this, is this letter more important than I am? And her mom says, no, nothing is. And Anne keeps talking. She says that she knows that she, uh, she says, I know you're not getting better. You say you are, but I know you're not. I just, well, I just want to spend time with you. Is this more important than spending time with me? If you don't have that much time left, shouldn't, shouldn't we spend it together? And everyone's crying. The Alice is crying. Mom's crying. Yeah, they're all crying, dude. Everyone's crying except it's that Violet. Violet stands there kind of stoically and, and like tries to calm Anne down. And she says, Anne, please. And like tries to pull her back from her mom, who is still like like on the ground supporting herself on this chair and table like because she collapsed. And finally, Anne just screams and runs away. And Violet... Uh, eventually finds her on the road, uh, the tree-lined road outside of their house. She goes to her and she says, she tells Anne that she's very admirable. And she says, no, I'm not. She says, no, you're very strong. You have to deal with, you know that your mother is ill and you're having to deal with that at such a young age. And Violet just cries and says, no, I'm not strong. I'm not good. She says, no, you're very kind. And says, no, I'm not. And she just starts slapping at Violet and hitting her in her stomach and whatnot. And Violet, of course, just takes its little girl. She's been through worse, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you find out that Anne, Anne says that it's it's my fault. for I, My mom's sick because I'm such a bad girl. She blames herself for all this. And she, because her mom doesn't want to spend time with her, maybe she feels like her mom's blaming her too. Maybe that's where all this comes from. Yeah. But she's very upset. But she eventually, she just sits there and cries while Violet holds her and they end up back at the house eventually, and Violet is starting to leave. The job's done. And Anne stops her as she starts to leave, and she runs over, and she gives her a kiss on the cheek. It's super cute. And she says, whoa. And she, like, pinches her cheek. She says, it's warm. Yeah. And she's she's confused, and she, she says, wait, 
you're a, and she says, yeah. And, and she goes, well, what about the tea? And Violet, Violet says, well, eventually I'm going to piss. Now she says, uh, as yeah. I said, it will eventually be expelled from my body and returned to the earth. And finally she smiles and leaves and, and has another monologue. She says she wasn't a doll after all. And she wasn't bad. She was very kind. And then mom calls to Anne and calls her back inside. And we get some scenes here with them just spending all the time they didn't spend together over that week. Yeah. Um, you see the seasons changing, winters, uh, spring, summer, all this stuff. And you see them reading together. They play in the garden. And after and each, each of these one, scenes, they fade away. They fade away each time. They there's a scene where like Anne runs to her mom and gives her a hug, and then they fade away. And there's like everything's clean. You see him in the garden playing together. Like she's got like twigs and leaves and these little teacups. All she's like pretending it's food and whatnot. And they slowly fade away. And there's not even the tea or leaves or anything there anymore. And the last scene you get of this little this little series is the funeral the funeral and you just see the silhouettes of all these people standing there there's you see clearly like the little short one is Anne, the maid is right there alice is with her and you see these other silhouettes these figures and these figures fade these figures fade eventually it's just Anne standing there uh with alice and you know clearly mom's gone and she's all alone. Eventually, now. Alice fades, and it's just mm-hmm. her. It's just her. Like, uh. And now Anne is alone. She's at the mansion, and she's just kind of. There's a scene where she's just sort of standing there. You see a brief scene where, like, she's standing there looking at these just gorgeous. Again, the show is so fucking pretty. She's standing there, like, looking at this giant pillar of a cloud, like, in front of her, just kind of taking it in, you know? Mm-hmm. Just experiencing life now that, that it's so different, and her mom is gone. And she gets a letter. And it's from her mom. Uh-huh. And it says, happy eighth birthday. And I didn't so, write down the whole letter, but you find out that... How, how... Okay, so... How much time do you think passed between... When she died and when she got that letter? Yeah. I have no idea, dude. But... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, even if we assume her birthday had, like, just passed, and then we she got all this time with her, mom knew she wasn't going to see her next birthday, mm-hmm. clearly. Um... Yeah, I don't know how much time passed, but it was an So amount. I guess we could assume it's within that year. Yeah. And we do get a time jump here where we go from eighth birthday. She gets a letter saying um, that, you know, it just kind of telling her, um, I love you very much and this and that. Um, she gets another one on her 10th birthday. Happy 10th birthday. And you hear the mom saying all these, reading these letters. I didn't write them down, but man, this this shit is heartbreaking. 18th birthday um you're a young lady now you you may uh i wonder if you've already fallen in love with someone happy 20th birthday she has in fact fallen in love with someone and on her 20th birthday she even has her own child and it's really pretty yeah i'm getting i'm getting a little like misty right now just remembering this shit i'm not crying i'm not full on you want me to go over the rest of it no i'm good man i'm just i'm getting a little misty dude but yeah, this shit was this shit was really heartbreaking. Like just remembering it, it's like fuck, man. But um, and she tells her, uh, remember that, um, that I'm always gonna be watching over him. I'm always with you. It's really good. And we watch Anne grow. We watch her fall in love. We watch her have a child of her own. And I wrote this is where I wrote down this show is emotional Drano because at this point I was like literally like 
doop, doop, doop. Like, I, I feel the tears falling off my face and onto my hands and shit. Like, it's fucking rough. You could taste them. They were salty. They were real salty. <laughs> um, and then back at the office, uh, after that after that scene where we got to see the time jump with uh, Anne growing up, back at the office in the present, uh, she has all those letters, 50 in all. And she says that these are be delivered to Anne Magnolia. Of course, her name's Magnolia. Mm-hmm. Over the next fifty years, and ever the that Iris and to... Iris and Erica and they're they're all there and they're like, "Wow, you got so many done. That's crazy in that a week." Take her up to fifty-eight, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if the first one was at eight, that would be fifty-seven. Okay, fifty-seven. Right? Um, so after that you're on your own kid yeah can you imagine the year that you don't get the letter though i think i think that last one has to be like this will be the last yeah, letter I'd probably say this will be the last one but still you know you got to be devastated yeah but st- i mean i feel like at 58 she surely like yeah she probably like has her own she's got her own like kid already if, if she had a kid at 20 then she's probably got grandkid already yeah you know i mean i feel like at that point she's probably good um, you definitely, would, it's not I something, would it would imagine. hurt, certainly. It would yeah. certainly be a bittersweet, sweet feeling, but at that point, I think she, she probably, like, understands, like, for sure by now how much her mother cared for her and whatnot. And Violet, uh, as she's standing there, just starts crying. She's crying more than I was crying. I mean, like, huge tears running down her face. And she says, but she'll be all alone. And she says she had to hold her tears in the whole time she was there. And she's finally letting them out. Yeah, she's finally feeling the emotions in full effect. Yeah, it's really it's really heavy. She may be and I think, she probably has one more lesson to go through here. Yeah, it's ooh, it's hard. But I think it I think it's uh Catalea who says, uh, but it'll be okay. You'll see. They'll reach her. These letters will reach her. And it's very touching. And that's episode ten. Now we're on to episode 11. Episode 11. Here we go. Yeah, this one's pretty rough, too. <sighs> These two were both real hard. I think this one this one hit me pretty hard. I I didn't cry as hard as at the end of the last one, but I definitely cried a little bit on this one. This one, I think. I think I might have just been out of, I'm running low on tears at that point. This one, damn. okay, so this one really sets you up for, like, yeah. you might have a small triumph here. You don't know. Nah. <laughs> Nah, you you thought, motherfucker, you thought you was gonna yeah. get a small triumph. You thought maybe, maybe something would arrive in time, but well, so this one starts before the credits. It's that roll. last scene, though. It's like, oh, goddamn, it's violent, really. Let's not let's not get to it before we have to. Okay, man. so Hodges, this one starts before the uh, opening credits. This one's called "I Don't Want Anybody Else to Die." Yeah, that ought to tell you enough. But this one starts with Hodges. Uh, it's late at night. Him and uh. He and um, Catalea are going over a bunch of jobs, and he's figuring out who gets which one. He's like, all right, well, you'll handle this one. That's not what he sounds like. That's the playwright. Yeah, see? Um, uh, yeah, see? Yeah, see? I forgot about that. See? Yeah, the fat lady gets it. Yeah, the fat lady gets it. All right. So there's one job left, and it's for... You had one job. <laughs> it's uh, The last one is uh, they want a doll, a scribe, to go to Camp Menace, which is in uh, Kittregal, I believe why, it's pronounced. Why are these names? It, they're all like that. You had Intense, <laughs> Intense you had Menace. There's another one later that's called Extreme. Yeah. It's... it's <laughs> I mean, I guess that's just how they do shit in the North. The North don't fuck around. God damn it. We in this bitch. Mm-hmm. All right. So he uh, it's a it's a thing to go to Camp Menace in Kittergall. Um It's an enemy uh, camp. It's in enemy territory. Well, former enemy territory, perhaps. 
But uh, the soldiers there want to send letters home, and Hodges says it's too dangerous. But outside, unbeknownst to him, Violet is overhearing all this through the door. And then the opening credits roll, and they're very pretty, and I love them. So then, uh, well, no, before that, though, we get a scene at that actual camp. There's a soldier there who's, uh, they're all standing lined up, and this one guy reaches into his shirt and pulls out a handkerchief and a photo of a girl. And he looks at, and he's looking at it long, he and, looks longingly. looks at this photograph. And he's... <laughs> Does he look at this photograph every time? Have you ever seen the the videos where they cut look out? At pho- <laughs> yeah, look at this graph. Look at this graph. Those shits are really good. Fuck you, Roger. Uh, anyway, he looks at so that photograph. He's looking at his photograph. Every time he does, it makes him laugh. No, it doesn't. Uh, he looks down, and it's a it's a picture of a girl. Uh, looks like like a like your typical like farm girl, um, type. And he's holding this handkerchief that. Has some character on it, but we know that the letters in this one don't look like our letters, so it could be anything. We assume it's an M because he looks down and he says, Maria. And... Oh, yeah, this one is... This one's got songs in it, too. Oh, no. It sets up real easy, like the baby don't hurt me or whatever. Stop. Uh, Her name is Maria, and he keeps saying, my Maria. The worst. My Maria! (laughs) See, I don't even go there. I go to... I go straight to... uh, My Maria! I go when I hear when I think Maria, I go straight to friggin' West Side Story. Say it loud and there's music playing. Say it soft and it's almost like praying. Maria, I'll never stop saying Maria. That's my shit. Yeah. It's either that or Santana. Maria, Maria. I don't know, man. <laughs> my Maria. You don't you don't like the Santana jam? Yeah, it's good. There's you, also, you got you got you got dude singing and then in the background Santana's just like boom baby mama chilla yeah. mama chilla. <laughs> um, there's also a song by uh, a listener on ours. His name is Chris Knight, but oh, yeah. he has a song called "Jealous of Kind." Is that what? And that it's is? all about traveling to a girl named Maria. It's good shit. There's a lot of songs about Marias. My Maria. <laughs> all right. My Maria. <laughs> anyway, uh, the next morning, uh, the envelope is gone. Violet took it. She's already on a ship for Kittergall. Like, oh, shit. The girl <laughs> is gone. She is already gone. And she gets a ride from the ship to the post office. Uh, and uh, she's asking to be delivered, she says, to Menace. Uh, and the delivery man and the, the pilot there explain, eh, it's too dangerous. There's this, uh, like, they show her the map. He's like, look, this is Camp Menace. This right here was a refugee camp. Was a refugee camp. There's this faction. They want to go back to war. This is the mention again. Mm-hmm. And they've already attacked this camp uh, near Menace, and we got ourselves a little civil war on our hands. Got us a little, got us a little brother fighting brother over here. Because mm-hmm. remember, this is all the former enemies. Most of them, obviously, are down to keep the peace. Yeah, they don't want the war anymore. But these guys, these extremists, this anti-peace faction, they want to go back to war. Or at one point we find out, uh, did the war ever really end, according to them? It's rough stuff. Um, but Violet says, well, uh, she she points out this big mountain and she says, look, this thing, this mountain here, I know that there's civil war, there's people fighting, but this, uh, this mountain here holds no strategic value, it's hard to climb, so if I can get there, no one's going to be watching it, and I can get over to the, to the camp. And she says, all I need is a skilled pilot. And they still refuse, but she does not back down. She just kind of stares down this pilot dude, and he's like, "You know what? All right." <laughs> and yeah. he says, "So you're we'll a, do it. <laughs> you know what? Twist my arm. You got it." And uh, he says, "So you're a doll, huh?" And she says, "Yes. 
uh, she does her little intro. If it is your wish, I will travel anywhere to meet you, that kind of thing. And he says, travel anywhere, huh? Well, in that case, a postman deliver is someone who will deliver anything anywhere. Ah, he's got his little moment. Got to got to yeah. get his little little punch in there. So next scene is a bunch of soldiers from Menace. The soldiers we just saw, including the guy we just saw, who we find out is named Aiden. He's the one who sent the uh, the job. He's he's the one requesting the doll. And they're scoping out uh, another encampment. And they talk briefly about this transcontinental railroad that's been built, which is kind of the, we find out pretty quickly, is the, the link, last link in this long chain of peace. Because this transcontinental railroad connects the north and south, goes through these mountains and over these rivers, and it is what is going to make sure that they can have a lasting peace. Because it's going to let them travel freely, you know, food and whatnot. They can go to the south, the south can come to the north. Uh, one of them says, yeah, those southern girls are really something, yeah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, he wants to go take him a little train trip and get him some southern gals. But um, they're scoping out this place, and uh, one of the guy, uh, the 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 leader there, he uh, he's taking a look, and he turns around, and he calls to uh, another guy. I think, uh, oh, what was his name? I don't think I wrote it down. I thought I wrote it down, but yeah, he. Um, he the the commanding officer there he takes him a hit out of nowhere as they're uh as they're standing there uh as he's about to give orders and uh the shot comes from basically nowhere it's a it's a sharpshooter like you're you're you actually see like the bullets hit and then hear the like because it's because he's so far away and uh he goes down Everybody starts freaking out. Uh, one dude's firing like at anything. There's an explosion, possibly from a grenade or something, or a, a, probably a mortar if they're that far away. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty rough. These guys basically just end up getting picked off. One soldier, uh, the one guy tries to um, uh, save one of his comrades, and this his, his guys just tell him, "I don't want, I don't want to die, I don't want to die." And he's like, "I don't want to die either, man." And they keep going, and that dude takes another bullet. They're being pursued now, we know, because mm-hmm. he got a little far away. And he starts running on his own. He says, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And he gets hit, and he goes down, and he is dying. He is dying. Next shot, we see Violet in her plane. Uh, they're flying over Camp Menace, or what was Camp Menace. It's been raised. Yeah. It's just smoke, uh, you know, bomb, bomb signs of explosions. Uh, bodies laying out. It's, bodies everywhere. It's really let the body. All right. Uh, no. Oh, dude, no, no, not that one, not that, that one, surely. One. Um, that but one. yeah, it's really rough, man. Uh, we see these uh soldiers uh who were with the sharpshooter there. They're approaching Aiden as he's laying there, and one of them says, "Man, these moderates sure are cowards. That's why they need us to lead them again." <laughs> Real dick faces. Um. And then they see something. They look up and they're like, is that a plane? Yeah, it is. It's Violet's plane. And she parachutes down like a goddamn battle yeah. angel. She fucking, I really loved the way they... they it was sick. Because not only... First of all, she's that like... That parachute looks awesome, too. The way they drew it and stuff, yeah. too. First of all, she's like dive bombing in. And then she like does the... Like puts her arms out to slow down a little bit. L- deploys the parachute and like is doing one of these like with her arms out. Like a real life angel coming down. Yeah. And they see like... They see for a second, like, her looking through these goggles, like, the fucking glare on them. 
And then she's just like, oh, I'm about to fuck these boys up. And she lets that parachute go when she's like at the top of this tree line. Like so she's still falling like a good 20 feet. And she just hits the ground, rolls, and it's just just serpentine and running up yep. to these dudes, dodging gunfire. I wish they could have seen your hand badass. motion because you really nailed it. She was she was just doing a she was doing the serpentine, man. She's just this way, that way, this way. And she just gets right the fuck up on him. Boom, judo chops this guy, he goes down, grabs this guy, punches him out, punches this guy, and then grabs the last dude, puts him in the, like, arm hold, and is behind him, while the last guy, the presumably the, the commander of these guys, um, is, uh, is, is aiming at her with his gun, and he just kind of looks at her for a second. <laughs> uh, he recognizes her, and he says, oh, yeah, I know exactly who you are. And he calls her the soldier maiden of Leidenschaftlich. Why are you? He asks why she's there, and she tells him, uh, uh, "I'm sorry, but can you please stand down and leave?" <laughs> Which is, you just knocked out all his dudes. Go ahead and apologize to him, I guess. Um, but yeah, she he he obliges. He says, "Oh yeah, no, we're no match for her." And the dudes all he gets all the dudes up, and they they fucking fuck off. They go ahead and leave because yeah, are you like, kidding? I can't win. I can't be dealing with that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but yeah, they uh they she she lets him go and they go. And Violet goes to Aiden, uh, Aiden, excuse me, and apologizes for being late and uh he, she she actually asks him, "Are you Aiden?" and he says, "Yeah. How do you?" She's she says uh that she's sorry for being late. And the next scene we get is a little flashback. Uh Aiden, it's in a first person, which I thought was pretty cool. It's Aiden at this bar uh maybe days, maybe weeks ago. And uh, talking to his friends, Yale, that was the soldier that he tried to save, Yale. And it was something with an L in it. But um, Yale, uh, he, he, Aiden's saying he doesn't, he doesn't know what to spend his money on. He says, well, why don't you hire a doll? Why don't you write a letter? He's like, a letter? Yeah, look at his ad. And it's an ad for CH Postal Company. That's how he, that's how he found out. And uh, he says, these, these uh, beautiful girls, they'll come and write letters for you and then send them anywhere. They'll come anywhere. And... He uh, he recommends that he goes ahead and hires a doll, and then he remembers Maria as well, and you see this girl in the picture. Uh, she's standing there. She's like, "All right, well, just make sure the picture's good," and she. It's like when they took that pictures, that that picture. Excuse me, and he remembers the tears in her eyes, like standing in front of her when he was leaving, uh, to go serve, and she gives him the the handkerchief, and then he wakes up. And he's on the floor of this cabin where Violet has taken him and they're hiding out. And she says uh, that they need to treat treat his wounds. And he says, no, I'm not going to make it. Please write the letter for me. And he says, I'm not going to last too much longer. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't have a typewriter, but she pulls off her gloves and he sees her hands and he just just calls them beautiful. And she pulls off her gloves. She doesn't have a typewriter, but she holds her hands out in front as if she's typing. And every word he says, she's moving her fingers and she's memorizing the words just from the motions of her fingers, um, which is pretty cool. And he says to his mom and dad, and I didn't write the whole thing, but it's the, uh, the, the basics are, he says, just thank you for raising me. Um, and if you meet in another life, like if, if they're reincarnated, he says, I hope you'll have me as your son again, which I thought was really beautiful um and then he has this coughing fit and he bleeds a little bit and she's like sir are you okay he's like i can't 
he's having trouble breathing now. And the way they draw him, can we talk about that? This dude, yeah. this dude looks like he's legit dying. Like, yeah. like I mean, his lips are chapped, his eyes are sinking in. It is. He has it hurts lips to look that at. like. They look. It just if you looks ever, like a crack. If you ever watch GTO and they go in those super ridiculous faces, like with the with the chappy lips, yeah, where he looks where like see, he's dying, yeah. he's very upset. They they drew this on this guy. Yeah, he. It looks oh. like just a cracked scar across yeah. his face. It's really, it's really intense, man. It was kind of hard to look at for me because I'm like, Jesus, like you're not used to seeing shit like that. Like he really does look like he's dying because he is dying. But uh, he wants to write to Maria now. And he talks about how uh, he talks about Maria for a second. He said that he that they grew up together, um, that she like she told him he she liked him and he liked her, too. And he left before they even kissed like nothing ever came of it um, before he left for the war. And as he's writing, as, as Violet's writing, he's saying, do you remember when you said you had feelings for me? I'd never been that happy before. I want to go home to be by your side. I don't want to die. Wait for me. And then Violet's still, uh, you know, moving her hands and whatnot, typing, quote unquote. And he says, I, I can't keep my eyes open. Are you, are you getting all this? She says, yes, I am. And he says, thank you for helping me. And he says, it's so cold. And he says, can you hold my hand? And she does with her, with her metal hand, she holds his hand. And he says, thank you again. And she stays with him and she holds his hand as he's dying. And as he's dying, he sees Maria. He's in that, he's in a field and he's holding my Maria. <laughs> he sees there with, with his Maria. And he says, uh, uh, he, there's a bit where he says, um, he says, mom, he says, dad, he says, Maria. And then you see, uh, he mouths, he doesn't say because he's got no breath left, but you see his mouth clearly make the words, I love you. And Violet kind of like sees that and like, you know, has a little reaction to it, obviously. And then he's back in that scene with Maria and he says, kiss me. And he kisses Maria. Maria kisses him. In real life, Violet bends down and kisses him on the forehead. And he gets one last thank you. And Violet says she promises that she will send the letters. They will be delivered. And that's it. The next scene, you see um, just the snow out front of the cabin. Mm-hmm. And there's a little grave, makeshift grave dug with his gun sticking out of it as yep. a marker. You're like, well. Didn't make it. Nope. You knew he wouldn't. Uh, the pilot's flying overhead. This is the next day. And he sees Violet just like standing in the middle of the snowfield as he's flying. And he picks her up. And now this is interesting. I thought uh, there's a message sent to the CH Postal Company. And I'm like, all right, so are they like... This has got to be like some Morse code or something, right? Because, I mean, it ain't a letter. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody writing a letter and delivering it that fast. But, yeah, this happens a couple times. They just say, we got a message from whoever. But um, he says, I got a message from the post office. You see him at the office from the Vandal Post Company. I have your package. Uh, I'll be delivering her to you. Uh, but we do need to make one stop. And we see... We don't see Violet deliver the letters at first. What we see is Maria. And she's like on some farm again. She's like a typical country farm girl. Yeah. She's and we curvy. hear this. Yeah, she got. <laughs> let's just say it now. Maria got some big old titties. She does. She's, yeah. She's she's built like a brick shit house. There's a there's a scene where where dude is remembering <laughs> Maria and he sees her like standing there when they took a picture. He sees her like 
uh, standing in a river, like pulling her skirt up so it doesn't get wet. Uh, it was like really like it was real like you know, like kids in love kind of shit, mm-hmm. like teenagers in love kind of shit. Um, it was very it was very beautiful. And Maria's there, and you hear this voice saying, "Maria, we got a letter from Aiden. There's a letter for you." And she runs over, and when she runs over, all she sees is uh, the first thing she sees is this doll violet standing there and in front of her are this man and woman we we are you know we know it's aiden's parents and they're just holding each other and weeping yep yeah and maria maria goes over and well she stands stands there for a second and violet just walks over to maria and hands her a letter and a handkerchief and there is blood on the handkerchief from when he was coughing. Yep. And she just falls to her knees, just crying as well. And Violet, just surrounded by these three very sad crying people, just sort of doesn't know what to say. She just looks down and then she bows and she turns and starts to leave. And then mom stops her and she says, she runs over to her and grabs her. She says, thank you. And she hugs her and she says, thank you for bringing our son back to us. Yep. It's fucking sad. It just gets worse from here, too. It's fucking painful. And then Violet just starts crying as well as, yeah. as mom's hugging her. And uh, Maria and, and, and Aiden's dad are back there, too. And they're both saying, thank you. No, thank you so much. And they're, they're forcing smiles, but they're still crying. And Violet starts crying as well. And she says, I, I didn't. I'm sorry. I couldn't. I couldn't protect him. And she's just weeping. It's so fucking sad, dude. This was this was a rough two episodes back to yep. back. This one, this one, I feel like like in terms of like pure like man, how fucked up this one takes the cake. But that first one, I did, I did have one really hit me, man. Yeah. But yeah, these were both very, 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 very emotional. Yeah, they were heavy. These were very heavy episodes. This this show is fucking Viagra for your tear ducts, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you going you gonna give them them tear ducts a workout. You gonna cry. Unless you're Roger and your heart's made of stone. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Heart of stone, man. But yeah, that's uh, that's episode 11. We are on to episode 12. And 12 and 13 are kind of a two-parter. Yeah, they're so a two-part. Why don't you give us the title for the whole thing? The title, yeah, because the title only appears on 13. Yeah, there's so no, we'll there's no title card for 12. 12 and 13, and then Brandon will tell you when the episode splits. Yeah. Um, the title is Auto Memory Doll and I Love You. Oh. All right, let's hit this shit. Episode 12. Woo-hoo! We got Dick Freed. Yeah, Dick Freed's there. It's a meeting of higher up military types all uh all in the um for the for the Southern Army, you know, the the folks that D Freed and uh, uh uh Gilbert worked for and whatnot. And they're all meeting and uh the highest up guy there, I guess, uh ex- is explaining that the anti-peace uh brigades uh are uh they've increased their attacks and they're asking what they're asking is for D Freed to make sure and guard these, uh, he, they want him to guard and make sure that these VIPs make it to this peace signing ceremony. There's going to be a treaty signing, and they need to make sure that that shit goes through without a hitch. And D3 kind of takes a, kind of, kind of shows his dick freed side, and he says, "Oh, so why are you coming to the to the Navy with this? Because he he runs the Navy. He's the he's like a head guy in the Navy, not the Army. I was Gilbert. Gilbert was in the Army. He was a major. And they say, well." You guys, I mean, the army's pretty pretty shambled now after the whole war and everything. 
but you still have your platoons and this would actually be perfect for you. A lot of the trip needs to be done, you know, they're going over the ocean, they're going up this river. It, it would, you guys are the ones we can count on. And he says, ah, so now that Gilbert's gone, you want to put all the burden on his older brother. And they're just like, fuck dude. <laughs> Uh, I mentioned this to you. Uh, I'll go ahead and just say Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. The commander guy that's speaking to him is uh, Bob Buckles. or He's doing uh, the voice, yeah. Yeah. And that is, if you don't know who that is in, in the American, he's he's the voice director for this entire series, mm-hmm. which I think the dub on this was pretty good. It, it was, I liked but it But Bob Buckles is better known as Gene Starwind and a bunch of older characters like that. So it was really nice to yeah, hear Yeah, from his, Outlaw Star. Yeah. To hear his voice again and him doing something, even if it was very small. Yeah, he said he, he doesn't work very much anymore, right? Yeah, he does not do very much anymore. That's really cool. But he's Gene Starwind, so that was awesome. He's Gene fucking Starwind. Yeah. That is his middle name, and you say the whole thing. But yeah, that's what's happening, is uh, they want Gilbert to handle this business. So, uh, credits roll, blue blue We see Violet still on her plane, and... Uh, the pilot is explaining, well, are you sure you want to be dropped off in distory is where, is where she's going to end up. And he says, you know, if you, if I fuel up, I can take you all the way back. And she's like, no, she's just going to get dropped off in distory. And then, you know, take another, probably take the ship from there is how, uh, is how she ended up, uh, at the post office in the first place. We then cut to Catalea and Benedict. They are on a ship and they are to take part in this peace signing. Obviously Catalea, we can assume is going to be typing up the treaties and whatnot, uh, as she is just so good at typing, she's the, she's the bestest doll right now. Her and her and Violet are certainly the most famous. What with her doing those love letters and shit. Yeah, uh, both of them, in fact. Um, but yeah, they're that's what that's what they're doing. Uh, and Benedict says, and then it'll finally be over the war. That this is going to be like the official end to it. The war's over, but this will be the official end. It, and the the hostilities have ended at least, but this will be the official end of the war. Uh, a sailor comes up and explains their schedule. Um, they're going to travel upriver and take a train from Distory to Extreme. Because fucking, they can't just say, uh, this is our town. It's called Happy Place. No, it's got to be Extreme. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, in the subtitles is spelled E-C-K-S-T-R-E-M-E. Extreme. <sighs> it's fucking great. <laughs> it's, it's Extreme. It's Camp Menace. It's fucking intense. Like, you can't just have a normal city. But, uh, after explaining all that, uh, and by the way, we do, obviously, if you didn't catch that, uh, Violet is going to be dropped off in Distory. That is where they are going to take the train from. Um, so D3 approaches afterwards and just starts trash talking Hodges for one, not coming, for two, leaving the military as soon as the hostilities ended. But, upon hearing that, uh, upon hearing his name, uh, D three is uh one of the 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 sailor who explained the schedule says, uh, uh, Bog- uh Commander Bougainvillea or whatever his name his title is, and she goes Bougainvillea that's that's Violet's major. D three narrows his eyes at that and he says, he explains that his job here is to protect this envoy as they head to the meeting place, and he adds on by referring to Violet as a sorry excuse of a human being. And Catalea takes some umbrage with that, and she explains, no, 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 Violet writes wonderful letters, how dare you? And Benedict even says that they've saved people. And D3 doesn't really say anything to that, but he does just stand there looking all, mm, I'm D3, me. Dick Freed. Good old Dick Freed. Good old Dick Freed. I mean, he's going through some shit, but he is an asshole. Um, and that's what assholes do, they go through shit. Mm-hmm. Shit goes through them. 
Let's talk about poop for a second. (laughs) Talk a little little bit about doo-doo. Anyway, um, we then get a scene with the extremists in their meeting. Um, We see that guy who we saw before who was uh, leading them. Um, We find out his name later, actually. But uh, we also see um, the guy who is leading the extremists as a whole. And it is, in fact, that same fucking guy who gave the order to bombard in tents. Uh, The salvo that ended up one. uh, If if not, I still am not going to say he's dead or not, but possibly killing uh, uh, Gilbert for sure that ended up separating the two of them, Gilbert and Violet. And it is Brigadier General Markalov is what his name is. Uh, he's leading these extremists. And he we find out he's the one who gave the order to destroy intents. And their plan, as it is now, is to retake intents. They're going to cause confusion by destroying the Transcontinental Railroad and then retake intents is their plan. Um, which, intents is a pile of rubble, dude. Great fucking plan. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Why you want it? Why you want it? I mean, maybe it maybe it's a pride thing for Why this guy. Why you want it? Uh, the guy, you get a little bit of his um, yeah. of his uh, like you know, driving motivations later. But well, he's a little crazy. He is a he is quite crazy, I think. But anyway, um, uh, overhead we see uh, Violet and the pilot still flying. Violet and the pilot. Hi, I'm Violet. I'm the pilot. I'm your pilot, Violet. Um, they're flying overhead, and he's. He's talking about the railroad down below, the Transcontinental Railroad, which is, uh, which was uh, talked about in the last episode. He says that uh, peace is only possible because of that railroad uh, con- that connects north and south. Quite literally, is a connection between them. We see, we know that this whole time we've seen all these mountain ranges and stuff. And Tents uh, is actually on top of one of those mountains. And as um, uh, as they're flying later, uh, Violet actually sees it, but. Yeah, he's uh, he's explaining the uh, the value of this railroad and whatnot, and we get a brief scene with Hodges. He's on the street and he sees a child and their father, and uh, the kid's like "Daddy, Daddy" and gives him a hug. And then Hodges just stands there for a second under streetlight, and he looks up at the sky and he and he wonders aloud, "I wonder when she'll be back." Um, which I only mention like it's a very brief scene that has nothing to do with anything. Most likely, I think he's talking about Violet. Like, when is she coming back? Because you know he's on the way back. Mm-hmm. But maybe something else. We'll get to it later. But um, on the train now, D three is being uh, informed that there's been some fires that were set along the tracks, and uh, something something obviously is up. And Violet, we're back with Violet on the plane. Violet and pilot. Violet and pilot. Uh, and they're flying over the Grandeza Bridge, which is which the pilot explains was the final piece that connect the north and south. That bridge is very important. And on the distance, way out in the distance, on top of this mountain, she sees the ruins of Intense, and she just kind of has a brief flashback there of you know everything that went down. And on the ground, they look down and they see these pillars of smoke rising up. And she says, "No, it's not just fires; those are signs of an explosion." And then back on the train, we see a group of the extremists led by that uh, that same dude we saw earlier. They've infiltrated. They've knocked out some engineers and conductors, and they are on the train now. So Violet's plane flies very near near to the train uh, by the train station, um, and 
she looks down and she uh, Catalea is actually on the train and you see her look up and see the plane and you see Violet looking down. Apparently she spots her and she says, please let me down there. And he's like, what are you crazy? He's like, yeah, no, no, my coworker's on that train. And apparently he does. I don't know how he's landing or she's jumping out again, but she gets there. Yeah. Uh, is there a landing strip next to this airport? Maybe. I think she just jumped again, dude. She might I have just jumped again. Just a jump she might have said, listen, she's like, just do a barrel roll and I'll jump out. Foom. And she just bails. She makes it. I mean, she did it before. That big ass parachute. That big ass dress acting as parachute. Um, but yeah, she she gets down there. Um, back on the train, uh, we see D three. He's being briefed again on these fires uh, that were that had broken out nearby, and he sees that these fires are getting closer and closer. And he realizes the train the train is being targeted. And out the window, he actually sees Violet running uh, running along the uh, the the boarding area there toward the train. And Violet gets on the train. She finds Catalea and she says, where are you going? And they explain and Violet says, no, I'll I'll come too. I have to come too. D3 shows up and he's like, what are you doing here? Get off my train. And, but then he's demanding that she answer and she get off and that she leave. Like, what are you even doing here? And as soon as she mentions that she saw signs of, uh, of explosions and that she saw the Garderick army, uh, the remnants of it, in Katrigal when she where she was his eyes he sharpens his eyes up and he's like all right we'll get, get in here and Cadillac's like no Violet you need to go and she just she's already in the room with D3 and they confirm the information um and afterwards uh, after explaining uh what's going on she uh D3 demands that she get off the train she says all right cool beat it and she says no 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 I can stay and help <laughs> You better run, you better do what you can. All right. So he says he tells her to get off the train, and she says no. Uh, she wants to stay and help because if there's gonna be fighting, then who the fuck else do you want there except Violet Goddamn Evergarden? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says, Captain, give me your orders. And he stops as he he started to leave, and when she says that, he stops. He turns around. He says, Even now, you're still just a tool to be ordered. You just want your orders, huh? And she stand uh, and she stands there for a second. She says, "Not anymore." And then we see the anti peace faction. Um, they are back. Uh, the we saw a small force of them getting on the train. The bulk of them are not on not at the train yet. And in fact, the leader Markalov uh, gets a message. A message from Isidore. They say Isidore. We find out is the guy that we saw earlier, who's like kind of like a, a second in command maybe for these guys. And he reads it. He says, ah, they've already managed to get onto the train. All right. And there's a, the, there's this peace, uh, peace signing group or whatever is on there. The VIPs. All right. So then we're going to destroy that train and make sure that, that they don't get to that peace signing. And that's the plan. Now, uh, D3 is going over a map and discussing with one of his soldiers. And he says, all right, well, they'll have to attack us somewhere where we have to slow down and someplace that is very vulnerable. He says here, the girl, uh, whatever whatever the fucking bridge was called the grandeza bridge which we find out is not only the bridge but there's also a tunnel that it that it uh that spills into it so that tunnel took so long it's going straight through a mountain took so long to build that if they managed to take it out in the bridge then it's going to be like forever before they manage to get it fixed and everything working again um so he figures that's where they'll be attacked and in another car we see violet looking over a similar map making coming to the same conclusion my girl is ready um, she's like SpongeBob from there, dude. I am ready. 
fucking worse. So that's the same idea. That night, the extremists begin their operation. The rest of them manage to sneak on before they leave, and they start uh, they start their their fucking business. Uh, soldiers are in the back half of the train, and the uh, extremists manage to uh, one take out a few, uh, several of them, and two they separate the train cars and then switch the switch the soldiers in the back half to a different train. So the front half has all the VIPs, uh, D three and Violet, uh, as well as Cadillac and Benedict, and it's just like the engine and three cars that everyone who matters to this peace meeting is in. Um. So Violet, uh, as this is happening, everybody's like turning their lights out. Violet reports to D3 and uh, and asks him what uh, what she would have him do. And he says, just as I thought, you're only a tool. And she says, no, I'm not. And he says, yes, you are. If I told you to slaughter the enemy, you wouldn't hesitate, would you? And he offers his pistol. He holds out his pistol with the handle to her. And she says, no. She refuses it. And she says, I don't want to kill anymore. She says she won't kill anyone else. She went full Batman, man. She's going full Batman. Well, which Batman? Except I'm pretty sure he kills people. Well, yeah, but which Batman is the thing? Because uh, there's been a lot of Batmans who did kill. You saw the fucking... Did you see Batman vs. Superman? She was cold-blooded. Like, he straight up murdered some dudes. Yeah, that, that movie wasn't good. I mean, but also in the comics. <laughs> there was one I saw... There was yeah, a, but I mean... He he actively takes the stance that he doesn't. Kill. Well, it depends. There was a whole. There, he I mean, it use depends. Force. It really depends because even some of the older ones, he straight up murdered dudes. There was one where I remember seeing a, a thing. It was like after Batman vs Superman came out, and they were like, "Man, Batfleck sure to kill well, a lot they, of people." They they just pretend like it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's rough. Anyway, this isn't the Batman podcast. No, we can start not. one of those if you want. I don't really want. I don't to. know a lot about Batman, but I'll fucking do it. I'm not. I'm okay. Man, fuck Batman. <laughs> I like the Frank Miller Batman. Eh. I'm not a big Batman fan, if I'm honest. I'm not I'm not a huge Batman fan either. Because, like, the thing with Batman is that he's, like... He's Frank, the, he, Frank Miller stuff, the Dark Knight stuff, sure. and then uh, this... In that same universe, the All-Star Batman and Robin. Yeah. Oh, my God, if you have not read that book, people go read that <laughs> shit. But Batman can kind of... I'm the kinda, goddamn Batman. <laughs> all right, but Batman can kind of go fuck himself, right? Because he, like, that's the thing, is people shit on Superman because he's Superman. He doesn't lose. He's too strong. It's like, okay, but Batman regularly beats Superman's ass. Like, that's the thing. Batman's the real Superman. Yeah. Even though he's just a normal human, he's just better than everyone. Yeah. Eh, didn't, fuck didn't Batman. You, didn't you tell somebody at one point? I, that was our good buddy Jacob, and I made him so mad because this was this was like this was back like when uh, this was okay this was several years ago when like fucking obama was up for election shit and i made a joke that, uh we have a buddy named jacob and he loves batman a lot and i made a joke that i yeah, mean so it has to be 2014 or 2015 it was no it was yeah no it was before that this is this is when he was uh no this had to be like uh probably 12 or 13 maybe because uh, it was when Ma- Romney was still a thing. Yeah, it might have been thirteen. Because but the comment I made it was, was a, it was when I worked at True Love. Yeah, the comment I made was uh, Batman's this rich guy who uses who most spends most of his time beating on street level criminals, and he's so wealthy he could just clean up the uh, clean up the fucking neighborhoods and shit by pumping money into him. But instead, he just whips up on poor people who, you know, uh, yes, they're criminals, but still. And I said what I said to him is he's basically Mitt Romney and he got so mad <laughs> he got so fucking mad anyway not the Batman podcast let's get yeah, back to the let's show let's get back let's get back to the show we're getting back on track we're getting back on track we're not smoking crack cause that shit is whack what the fuck Roger? did you already it. have that ready just no I just wrote that on I was top. off the dome bro yeah that was uh, that was what you would call a freestyle alright so Violet says she doesn't want to kill anymore she won't kill anybody else 
Uh, she goes through the train and she finds Isidore and she grabs this fucker and holds him up by his throat. And he's like, okay, hey. And he like tries to get in her head. He's like, so what happened with that kid back in Katrigal, huh? And uh, and she like he she hesitates for a second and he like pulls a knife out of his pocket and stabs her. And she just like grabs that bitch with her metal hand. And she's like, come on, really? And he's like, yeah, he probably died, huh? Not like anyone will miss him. And she it's too much. And she just like breaks the knife. And then she starts to actually full on finish him off with uh, just strangling him. But she stops and she sets him down. And he goes, eh. All right, well, thanks for... And then she just decks him. Yeah, she just, just knocks, knocks him, him the out fuck yeah. out, dude. It was great. But uh, she gets, she ends up on the roof. We also see uh, uh, D3'd uh, go, out, go, out of one of his win- uh, go out his window and is going along the side of the, uh, the train toward the front. Um, and we see, uh, we see Violet go outside, and she's on the back, the last car of the train on the roof now. And she has a face-off with Markalov and some of his soldiers. And two of them run at her, and she just knocks them out like it's nothing. But she makes sure that they stay on the train. And this is mm-hmm. a big big point in a second. And Markalov says, oh, I've seen that before. And he calls her something different from the last guy. The battle doll of Leidenschaftlich. Was battle uh, mate, soldier maiden. Now it's the battle doll of Leidenschaftlich. And, and uh, Violet says, why are you doing this? And this is where you get a little bit of his his motivation which is shitty but it's his motivation and he says we're we're doing this to get back what you took from us and she says you want to start another war and he says you honestly think it ended you and i both have the memories burned in us like scars which damn i mean he's got it too i guess and markalov explains that his soldiers were betrayed they were promised glory whether it be in life or death they were promised glory but instead his country bent to the will of the South, he says, and they were tossed away. They came back and they were spit on and uh, stones were thrown at them because they were the bad guys. Because now they had this new idea of peace and, well, why are these soldiers fighting then? Like, that was the whole thing. It's very, uh, it's pretty fucked up. Well, I mean, if he was just stopped fighting. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's, it, it, keep in mind these are soldiers. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it, you can kind of see a parallel between this and like the whole, uh, what was it, the Vietnam thing where mm-hmm. the soldiers were coming back and there were all these pe- the, like, people were like pissed off at him and shit. But yeah, it's, well, it's World War II had a lot of bad yeah, fallout World too. Yeah, World War II. It is a bit bad shit. Um, I mean, we almost went, after World War II, uh, it was less than two decades before we were in the Cold War. Yeah, it was a bad time. And that was tensions the whole time, so. Is this the History Lesson podcast? I mean, I know a little <laughs> bit. We, we can I learned talk. all of it on Ancient Aliens. Oh, my fucking I'm God. I'm just kidding. God damn it, Roger. Okay, so, but yeah, he says uh, he, he hates that not only that they... It was ha- Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was all Metal Gear Solid, baby. Um, but yeah, he, he's all pissed off about this and the fact that his, uh, his own government, like, uh, ended up, you know, giving into the South, he says. Dirty thunder, bitches. And uh, the last thing he says is, uh, so what's wa- wrong with one to, uh, to destroy everything? And I'm like, uh, quite a bit is wrong with wanting to destroy everything, you asshole. But okay. Anyway, the rest of the soldiers attack. Violet, uh, takes out a couple. She holds her own, but... She refuses to kill anyone. When one guy almost falls off the train, she actually stops and grabs him to pull him back on. And then that's when she gets a bayonet slash on her back and starts taking some hits. Uh, She eventually ends up just getting taken to the ground. She goofed, man. She goofed. It was pretty bad. Um, But yeah, she... The the rest of the soldiers uh, that she's knocking out start getting back up and they end up overpowering her. 
and then uh, her brooch gets knocked off, and Markalov grabs it, uh, picks it up, and he's just looking at it, and uh, these soldiers hold her down. Um, and we see a brief scene while this is happening of D3 in the in the engine cart. He's gotten there, and uh, he sees all the all the actual engineers and whatnot have been knocked out, and he helps them up, and he's like, "Come on, what what's going on?" And then uh, we cut back to Violet. She's being held down by all these soldiers, and Markalov is standing in front of her, and he draws his sword, sword, and he's holding it up in the air, and he's like about to do the, just get the killing blow. He's about to finish it, and as he starts swinging his sword, ping! A bullet shoots it out of his hand, and it just flies off the train. And right after that happens, he's like, "What?" And then you see, boom! And they're in this tunnel. So we know we're getting close to that bridge. And then uh, from behind him, you see Dethreed. Uh, who is uh, standing there with his pistol, and he fires on a few of the soldiers and takes them out. Um, I think he hits uh, he hits uh, Markalov again, and he falls. And then he walks over to Violet and picks her up, and he says, What are you doing? You're refusing to kill? And uh, she says the Major's orders were to live, not to keep killing. And he says, You're so weak. What good is a battle doll who refuses to kill? And then you see him yeah. start getting emotional. Dick Fried was almost cool there for one second. Almost. And, and then he, he says, fucking blew it. He <laughs> says, that's why you, uh, he says, what good is a battle doll who refuses to kill? That's why you couldn't protect Gilbert. That's why he died. You killed my brother. You should die too. Just hurry up and die. And he's like screaming. Like you can see now this is, this is where this guy's coming from. He, in the end, like he's an asshole. He's a bad person. I'm not going to stand up for him, but the reason he so, he hates Violet so much is yeah, because there's a reason it's just not a good one he's just well, not a good person he i mean he 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 hates that his brother's gone he misses his brother yeah that's hard that's to feel sympathy end. for him still i i definitely feel some sympathy I mean, but i don't think that he, i don't think that makes that makes it okay he gave his daughter or he gave his daughter he gave his brother a small child yeah a, a war soldier a child like it was a great child. gift he's a douche it's fucked up this eh, it's fucked up but he tells her to hurry up and die, and she just stands there taking all this, and she says, even so, he ordered me to live, and I wanted to protect him. I tried. I wanted to. And then from behind her, we see Markalov crawling back up uh, up the train. He had fallen over the edge, but he had hung on, and he's coming back up. Yeah, Markalov is uh, a lot like our good buddy... Calvin. Calvin. Fuck you. You think he's gone, and then he comes right back. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, before that, while this was happening, we also got a brief shot of Isidore who had woken back up and he was in the, in like getting something out of a suitcase, which I didn't mention earlier because I forgot to write it down because it was like, okay, what was that? But then Isidore comes back and we see him standing there as Markalov cr- climbs back up and he's holding a goddamn grenade launcher and D3 manages to get a shot on him and hits him and you see him like, Ugh! and he like starts falling sideways. But as he does... He does end up falling off the train, but as he's falling, he does get that shot off. And Violet jumps in front of the captain, in front of D3, and the grenade bounces off her metal arm, explodes against the tunnel wall. And when the smoke clears, it's a pretty badass scene where you just see her standing there with her hands in front of her, and one of them's all burnt, and like her her glove and her uh, her dress are burnt off of it, and mm-hmm. you can just see the metal underneath. It's a pretty badass scene, and D3 is just standing there like, oh shit. Like, he's kind of shocked that she even bothered. Um, maybe. But, episode 13. That's where that one ends. That's where this one starts. It's yeah. part two. It's all one thing. Uh, this one starts right there. Markalov is back on his feet, and he fires at Violet, but she blocks the shot. 
and she he keeps firing and he keeps blocking she keeps blocking the shots and d3 from behind her takes a shot and hits him but he gets one he gets another shot or two off and you see violet's right arm finally shatter from all the from all the fire and there's just bits of it bits of her arm and the shrapnel and these long silver strings yeah, flying like from behind her. Strings like yeah like that that's though. what that's what lets her move her fingers and whatnot you figure out um and then we get a monologue this is d3's episode yep and he says the tool became gilbert's dog but after losing her arms her master and everything else there she was standing there and then the credits roll and then we come back markalov is now out of bullets the train is out of the tunnel and he runs for the edge like he's gonna jump off and like get off the train before it gets to the bridge but violet runs up and kicks him back onto the train and the brooch goes flying out of his hand and she reaches for it but d3 manages to catch it and there's a scene there's a pretty intense scene where you just see them both standing there like d3 she just saved his life like she did what she couldn't do for gilbert and i think he finally gets that and he accepts her if only for a second and throws her the brooch after he looks at it and sees it and he throws it to her. Yeah. And this is a big turn for him. I thought I thought it was really good. Yeah, he's turning into a little less of Dick Freed and a little more You of know you know, Roger, sometimes Toad Freed, man. Sometimes you gotta free that dick. Yeah, the uh <laughs> What word did he he was at, at his as a dick, he was fully torqued at this moment. Jesus, are we really doing this? <laughs> Now, son of a bitch now he's now he's rocking a chode <laughs> you're a fucking monster all right so yeah uh, d3 tosses it to her she takes a moment and just looks down at it and then she she thanks him the train starts crossing the bridge and uh you hear markalov kind of chuckle to himself and he stands up and he says so naive you might have succeeded if you just kill me and d3 realizes what's happening there's bombs on the bridge two bombs in fact um, and D3 runs to the engine. What I didn't tells understand them, is if they would have killed him, how would they? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Who gives a shit? Yeah, that's true. But uh, that's what he said. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that is what he said. But I was. But uh, like, D3 runs to the engine. I was waiting room. for him to have a detonator or something, and there was nothing. Yeah, no, they're on a timer. Yeah, we can see because we keep seeing the shot of the clock ticking down. Mm-hmm. But D3 runs to the engine, tells him to pull the emergency brake. It doesn't do anything. So he says, "Try the 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 engineer says try the gas car." And Violet runs down there, and she manages to pull it. Um, and then, as the train is like screeching to a shree- screeching and slowing down, she jumps off the train, and she gets to one of the bombs. In the meantime, we see uh, Markalov finally like giving up the ghost, and he just falls off the train, off the bridge, into the waters below. That dude's gotta be dead. He's not dead, dude. He might not be dead. When you fall into the water, you don't. Well, I don't die. know. Considering what happens in a couple seconds, he's probably dead. But um, mm. so Violet uh, manages to pull the thing. She jumps off the train and runs ahead of it, and she gets to one of the bombs. And she's only got one arm now, and she's trying to pull it off, but it's not really working. And Benedict yells to her, and uh, she says, "No, j- keep going. Get to the other bomb." And he's like, "I'm on it." And he just takes off running, and he does this badass jump, flies through the air. And then catches, he fucking nails this goddamn bomb with those sweet ass bayonetta heels he's wearing. That's what made me feel like he was right military because it's he was, so badass. Yeah, he, yeah, he, maybe he maybe just, he was military. I don't know. He just busts a bomb out of brackets, out of metal brackets with his stiletto. Well, yeah, he's got those badass feet. And that's uh, at that point, I was like, well, he's got maybe, very muscular legs. Maybe these shoes have something to do with mm. him being in the military. And I, they think were his just, military I think he just, I think he just got sweet, sweet style. 
<laughs> that was just like he, what he was known I for. I can't imagine they're wearing stilettos in the fucking military. Well, it was like, like a secret weapon. All right, it's anyway, hidden weapon. Those he gives it. He gives it the bayonet. Bayonet a down smash from Smash. Yeah, Bros. he really does. It, it just, just nails flip. this thing. <laughs> just fucks it up. Yeah, he does. He does the down air where she like does the flip and the heel mm-hmm. drop. Yeah, it's great. But he fucking smashes this thing and then keeps going and grab and manages to like grab the edge of the bridge with like this one fucking metal floating his, bang. Yeah, with his one floating bang and then these fucking like uh, straps coming off of his jacket flowing flying behind him. He looks like a goddamn anime. Yeah, he, he is a goddamn anime. He looks like a freaking G, dude. Anyway. He whips him ass, um, and he t- he t- he gets that bomb out and then catches the bridge. He calls to Violet, and as as he's climbing back up, and she is struggling with his run arm, and she's pulling at this fucking bomb, and like one, two of her fingers like break off, and she like falls like puts her hand back on it. She almost falls, but then she goes no, and she like gets this gritty look on her face and just grabs it again and keeps wrenching and wrenching and wrenching at the thing. And you see the time clocking the clock ticking down. And finally she manages to pull it off as her fucking arm breaks off. The girl has now lost both her arms, both times. And the fucker, her fucking arm and the bomb both fly off of the bridge. And you see, like, both of them just drifting down as the clock finally hits zero. The bomb's maybe halfway between the bridge and the water. And you see that one explode in midair and the other bomb explode in the water. Which yep. makes me think, that dude's got to be dead. But maybe not. But, you know, depending, he could have got a lot, uh, a good way away. Eh, maybe. Could have yeah, the they, swimming. But, yeah, she, uh, as she's, as, as they explode, uh, you see her starting to fall. And she's going woozy and she's starting to faint. And then right as she's about to fall, Benedict manages to grab her um, and pulls her back up. So the f- train's finally stopped, and you see uh, D3 on the train as the sun starts to rise. It's like just perfect timing. And uh, that's that's that scene. Mm-hmm. That's it. We made it through the fucking train explosions. It was a cool scene. It was really badass, man. It was intense. No, intense was the was of other place. Yeah, this was in train. This All right, was gnarly. <laughs> that, that is that is what they would call it. Yep. And this on this plot of land, we shall found a new city, gnarly. <laughs> All right, gnarly with a G. Indeed. So, um, we're at the treaty signing now. Catalea is reading the proclamation aloud as she types. Violet is wearing Benedict's jacket over her shoulders because she ain't got no arms. The treaties are signed. It is finally over. But there's still work to do. Back at the office, uh, Violet is writing for a man uh, whose son hasn't come home. And she explains that she understands uh, what he's going through. I understand. Yeah, she says that a few times. Uh, She has new metal arms. She is wearing her old dress from before she had the doll dress. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that night, Catalea, uh, they, they're talking about how they have so many letters to type. Everybody's type, and Catalea explains, "Oh, well, there's an air show coming up, and uh, we find out that these letters are being written for this air show. They haven't had time to, they haven't had one since uh, you five know, years. In five years, yeah, since the war and whatnot. But uh, apparently, at the these air shows, what happens is people write all these letters." Uh, to someone in particular, to no one in particular, but they, what happens is these planes fly overhead and they just dump all these letters out and it's, it's pretty cool looking. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Don't seem real practical. It don't, but I mean, it's, it's symbolic mostly. They, they, they mention it, uh, in a minute, like, uh, Violet has a moment later when it actually happens, but she, uh... Catalea talks about how she's gonna write a letter. Um, she was a, uh... 
uh, she was a dancer. This is where she mentioned what her job was before the uh, before. And she says she uh, she was writing a letter for all the soldiers that she knew who didn't make it because she was their entertainment, basically. Uh, she suggests that Violet writes one, too. And Violet says, well, I've never written one of my own. Well, you did. It just probably wasn't good. She did write one for Gilbert. Remember, Hodges uh, said he'd deliver it and whatnot. But she says she's never written one of her own. And we see again her... Uh, we see now the flashback where we get the full scene of uh, her last talk with the major before the battle of intense and it's that scene where she's standing there and she says do you no, no, no longer need me after this will i be will will you want me to work under hodges will i never receive your orders again and he's kind of he's kind of upset uh, like he's, he's just kind of sad about that and he says do you really need my orders that badly and she says well orders are all i know and he tells her that uh, she won't need his orders after this battle, which I thought was a pretty interesting way of saying that. Like, yeah. do you know for sure the war's over or do you know you're going to die or are you planning on leaving? What does that mean? But he says, you won't need my orders after this battle and not anyone's orders. And he says, just live free. And she says, is that your order? And Gilbert gets a little upset now and he says, do you, why does it have to be an order? Do you think I only see you as a tool? If that was the case, then I would have never taken you in. I wouldn't have kept you by my side all this time. All of this pain is because... And he stops, and she says, Major? And he says, you have feelings. And he's yelling now. He's he's screaming at her, which is really kind of fucked up scene. He's saying, you have feelings and a heart just like I do. If you didn't, what's with that expression? You're scared of me, aren't you? You have expressions. You don't like being yelled at. You're angry that I'm being unfair. And Violet doesn't understand, and she... She explains and she starts tearing up and she says that she only wants to be told what to do. She only wants his orders because that's all she knows and that's all she knows how to do anything. And Gilbert says that he hates seeing her act act as a tool because he's the one that makes her feel that way. Whether whether it's intentional or not, obviously, yeah. he doesn't want to do that, but that's what's happening. He gives her the order, she follows the orders, and that's why she's acting like this because that's all she's ever known. And because he's the one that make that's making her feel like that, and yet she still trusts him. And he says this line he said before, you've done nothing wrong. The battle's about to start. We'll talk after. They don't talk after. Mm-mm. But they do not. you kind of get an idea of like I said before, I didn't know what, what was going on through this guy's head, like what was what was going on with him. And you kind of get it now. It's not that, you know, obviously he he said he loved her. He he does have these strong feelings and Again, maybe he's not sure, like, she's got these feelings too, but she's unable to express them. But mostly it's just that he's so sad that this person, he wants to believe that she's a real person. He wants to treat her like that, but all she does is show that she is this just robotic figure that only does what he tells her. And that just, that hurts him a lot, which is a bummer. But, um... Back at uh, Violet's back in her room, she's sitting at her desk, and she couldn't write her letter. And she re- she talks to Hodges, and he says, "Listen, the the deadline's tonight, but if you can get it done by the morning, then I'll make sure it gets turned in, and we can make this happen." And then one of the receptionists comes in, uh, who we saw like for a second earlier. Their names were Noreen and Lillian, I believe. And I don't know which is which. I'm pretty sure this one's Noreen. I tried to look it up, but. Uh, Noreen comes in and tells Violet that a Mr. Bougainvillea is here to see her and she sprints downstairs and she's looking around and a voice says over here and it's Dietrich. 
she got real excited. But it's uh, <clears throat> D3'd, and he takes her to the Bougainvillea mansion, his home, his proper home, the real home, where he's never been. She's never been, excuse me. Uh, and he invites her in, and he takes her into the room, and he says, now, before before you see her, I'll, I'll let you know that her memory's a bit foggy. And she's kind of confused, and he says, this is my mother. And Violet meets Mrs., I guess, uh, Bougainvillea. D3's mother and Gilbert's mother, obviously. They're brothers. And she's a thin, maybe frail, uh, silver-haired woman. She's got those same green eyes, just like both of her sons. And she says, uh, she's kind of like, oh, who's this? And uh, D3 introduces her as Violet Evergarden. And she says, oh, yes, the one he wanted us to take in. Is Gilbert with you? And D3 looks kind of like, like, oh, come on. And Violet just walks forward and says, yes, he's with me. And she shows her the brooch. And she has the same reaction that Violet did. And you actually see him back to back. They show the clip again. And she says, that's the same color as my son's eyes. And she she says it's beautiful, just like Violet did, yeah. even though she Lady, didn't know the word. Lady, they're the same color as your eyes, too. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, her when you see the close-up of like her eyes and Gilbert's eyes, they're definitely the same sh- color, but like slightly different shades, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Whatever. The same color as her eyes, same color as her son's eyes, and her other son's eyes. Why not? But, um, yeah, they have the same reaction, and she says, what was your relationship with my Gilbert? And she says, well, he took me in, he raised me, but, and she says, I know, he passed away at the Battle of Intense. Uh, and Violet says, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, D3 says, isn't that why you called her here, mother? And, uh, she, she looks at Violet, and she says, yes, it was. And she just looks at her, and she says, it wasn't your fault. You don't have to carry that burden. D3 told me to let Gilbert go a long time ago, but, well, he can't do it either. And she explains that even though he is, even if he's gone, he's still alive. And Violet's just standing there crying. She says, he's alive in my heart. And that way she won't forget him. And that she still loves him. And Violet just starts crying. And she kind of pulls a Daniel Bryan through her tears. She goes, yes, yes, yes. She just says it three times. You. With the wrestling. <laughs> Had to get one in there, right? Yeah. But she does. She says it three times through through her gasping tears. She says, yes. 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 <laughs> but um, she's in uh, leaving the house. And as she's getting in the car, D3 standing at the door of the mansion. And he calls to her and he says, you must live to honor his memory. Live a long life. Now go. That is my final order. And... Violet stands there for a moment and she says, I, and she looks at me and she says, I no longer need your orders. Boom! Get that shit, girl. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. Uh, and then we get D3's monologue again. He says, D3 didn't treat the tool I discarded as a tool. This is different from last time. He uses different words. D3, uh, sorry, Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert. Gilbert didn't treat the tool that I discarded as a tool. That's why even though she lost both arms and her master, she will never lose the important things he has given her. And it's really great. So that night, Violet finally does manage to type her letter. And the next day, the whole office is at the air show. We get a few cool scenes here. Laculia is there as well. Uh, They're all talking about the letters they wrote. And she says that she wrote a letter to her parents. And Violet says, I'm I'm sure sure it'll get to them. It's really nice. 
Uh, Iris says she wrote to her future self because she's going to be the number one in Leidenschaft. No, the number one doll in the continent. Oh, Iris, I still love her. She's the worst. She's the best, and I love her. Uh, Erica says that uh, they ask Erica what she wrote about who she wrote to, and she says, "Well, she's actually developed feelings for someone, but she doesn't say who." And, mm. and Iris is sitting there like, who, "Who? Who? And she doesn't say anything. But then Benedict shows up, and he's like, "Hey, you guys want to know what I wrote about?" And immediately Erica's just standing in front of me, going, "Yes, please. Yes." He's like, "Come on, dude." <laughs> So like clearly Erica has some feelings for Benedict. It's that it's those sweet ass pants and boots, man. She knows what's up. But um uh he says that, well, actually, I wrote to Hodges. And Erica and Iris have many heart attacks when he says that. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty adorable. They're both like, What? But uh he says, Yeah, that I'm gonna be the boss one day. And Hodges is like, You son of a bitch. Um and then Catalea You dirty rat <laughs> You dirty rat yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, but uh, he's like, he's like, hey, you really, you wrote something like that? And then Catalea says, oh, oh, really? Oh, why don't we see what you wrote about? And she pulls out a piece of paper and she says to Papa's future daughter. And he goes, what? No. And he like tries to grab it from, but Benedict holds him back. And she reads, um, she, she keeps says, reading. Hold on, Papa. Yeah. She says, uh, she first of all, yeah, she does say, Oh no, hold on, Papa, I'm still reading. And then Benedict in his ear just goes, Papa. Which is a really great scene. He's like he's like just real sensual in his ear. He just goes, Mmm, Papa. The subtitles all say daddy, which makes it even better. Oh, man. It's so fucking good. Oh, I wish they'd have said, Mmm, daddy. But uh <laughs> she uh she keeps reading. I didn't write down the whole thing, but it's like, Papa's waiting for you to be born, and I can't wait to, it's like, I can't wait to see you. I hope that you grow up, you find someone, and fall in love with someone who loves you back, and that you get to live in a in a world that's peaceful and whatnot. And as she read, as she's reading this, uh, these planes fly over, and they're dumping thousands and thousands of these letters. Uh, and Violet, this is, this is the thing, it's all symbolic. Violet says, uh, these people's feelings falling from the sky it's it's really it's really pretty it's like it's whether whether or not they actually get to whoever they're meant for the fact that like they took the time and like that you're seeing the emotion and everything that the thought is made is what's important here it's really it's really pretty and this actually brings me to the point i was making earlier where that scene with hodges uh when he was like, I, I hope she comes back soon, that uh, pretty obvious he's probably talking about Violet, but the fact that he just saw a kid and their father on the street, and he, we now know that he's apparently got a, 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 if he's got a daughter on the way, or if he's just thinking about having kids, mm-hmm. one, either way, um, we know that him and Catalea have been kind of close, whether or not they're actually doing anything together. But she's not there either, so he might have been saying, "I can't, what, I can't wait for her to come back." Maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll find out yeah. in the in the rest well, I mean, of the I show. Think I think there probably is something going on with him and and Catalea. Couple of couple of couple of hotties. Yeah. Couple of hotties bumping uglies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bumping uglies. No, they're so hot they're bumping pretties, right? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, Violet, um, Violet's letter to Gilbert, I didn't write the whole thing down, but she says, uh, many seasons have passed, but I wait for the one where you would return. Uh, I didn't understand it at first, but I've learned to feel and I've learned to love. And I know uh, she says um, that she still believes he's he's alive and that's why she's going to keep living. And she at the end, it ends with her saying, I now understand and I now know what I love you means. And you see Violet 
sitting on her desk and crying as the lights in the city go out. And you see that scene with, it's a really, really beautifully animated and the soft focus of it. You see Gilbert standing there on that same street where the whole show started when, uh, when he bought Violet that brooch. And you see him like kind of facing away from the camera and he turns to like look at it and kind of smiles. And then you see cut back and you see Violet crying again. And then he turns and starts walking away and Violet's still crying. And then when you see it again, he's not there. Yeah. He's gone. And Violet keeps crying as she remembers all this. And it's really pretty. You also see a, a shot of uh, this bead of water, this teardrop maybe, falling in slow motion. And it uh, eventually lands on this uh, really pretty violet flower. And it's it's just a whole thing with the show. It's really good. All right. And this uh, the rest of this is kind of... Uh, it's kind of just tacked on the end. Mm-hmm. But uh, the next morning, Violet has a new request. And you hear uh, Hodges and everybody screaming, oh, get the tea ready. Benedict, get the tea. And Benedict's like, why don't I got to get the tea? But, um, see, I don't want to get, get the tea. I don't want to get the tea, see? Oh, see, what I want to get the tea. The tea, see? You see the tea? See, tea, see? see? Tea, see? Tea, you get me the tea. <laughs> but uh, we see Violet going out on this job. Um, she's walking, she's got her, her case and her parasol and she's walking by maybe a lake. It looks like an ocean. It's so, it's just a huge field of blue water. Um, and she finally arrives at this house and she does her introduction. Um, and she stops, uh, right before, right at the end of the introduction, right before she says her name, she says auto, uh, auto memories doll. And she stops and looks. And that's the first time she's actually opened her eyes to see whoever's in the door. Who's ever, whoever's opened the door. And she stops and sort of like maybe she recognizes the person who's standing there and she smiles yeah there's, Violet like, a, Evergarden. there's like a fraction of a second of like like a shock movement yeah like she bounces back a little bit and then she smiles and then she finishes her introduction violet evergarden and that's where the show ends that is the final episode and the last thing we see is a big uh a big billboard thing that says new project confirmed. So we know that there's more on the way. Yeah. Which I'm pretty psyched for. I really enjoyed this yeah, program. Yeah. Quite enjoyed it. Uh, you uh, didn't love the ending though with the no, door. No, I didn't. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was really good. I mean, it doesn't ruin it or kill it or anything. I just thought it wasn't necessary. I think it, I think more than anything, it just shows that there is more coming, you know? I mean, but I, I mean that maybe they, maybe they wouldn't have even done that if they didn't have a new project confirmed. Like they say, I don't know. But I thought it was fine. I don't. Um, the the big question is: is it is it Gilbert standing there? Right. Probably not. I don't right. think so. I think she would have had a more visceral. That, and that's why that. I don't. That's why I don't like it. I think no. It's 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 us, dude. We open the door, and she's smiling at us. Oh, is that it? Yeah, man. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Yeah. We'll find out. It? Maybe we'll find out when the rest of it comes out. So let's talk about this real quick. New project confirmed. I did a little research. We don't have any dates or nothing for another season of this, but we we do know that this is all based on a light novel series, which, as I was telling you before, mm-hmm. uh, apparently a lot of people who were big fans of the light novels just hated this show because they just didn't like the way it came out or they changed so much of it or whatever. Um, but we do know from, from what I've read that when they say new project confirmed, they mean new, new, new. It's going to be all new material that is not Brand based on new. apparently not based on the light novels or anything else. It's going to be like a whole new storyline, which That's I fine. think is this cool. is a good story to work off of. I'm, is, I'm really, so. I really enjoyed this one. Like, obviously I didn't read the books. The books yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to read the books. Yeah, probably not. But I did, uh, I did read a little bit about the books, which I won't talk about much because who boy spoiler territory but knowing how much they changed i think it doesn't really matter but if you're interested you can find some information about these light novels and the the story that goes on and shit is very very a very different 
uh, what with uh, characters and whatnot that are introduced and not introduced. Um, there is also an OVA that's going to be on the way. Um, apparently, only on the Blu-ray though. Original video animation. Yeah, it's like a it's like a extra chapter that yeah. apparently takes place um, between like episodes three and four or something. Oh, cool. And it involves um, Violet uh, writing for a songstress, a singer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, doing something with her. Um, it's it, it was apparently a, a really popular chapter chapter in the books that they just didn't do, so they did it like an, as an as an OVA or whatever, yeah. an nice. OVA, if you will. But yeah, it's um, I really enjoyed the show, man. Yeah, you wanna... I'll say it again, it's it's fucking it is fucking let's emotional. Do, let's do our three word review. Three word review. All right. Uh, uh, does it? So I was trying to think of some words, but I found you know found like two word pairings. Oh yeah. Is that safe? Well, you gotta hyphenate them. That's fine. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Okay. What do you got for me, big boy? You go ahead. I would say, um, man, I forgot my words. Oh no. Well, I I need to hold on. It's coming back to me right now. It's all coming back to you. Charizard. Yeah, Charizard. (laughs) No, um. I haven't even thought about it. I would probably let me let me. I'm just gonna go off the dome. I would call it beautiful. First of all, mm-hmm. the show is in every way, animation wise, the the art of it, the story. Even I found it very very beautiful. Right. I would call it. Um, it's it's one we've used before, but I think it's hard to not call it heartfelt. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very uh, touching in many different ways. Um, and just, just, um, what tearjerker? Would you call it a tearjerker? Yeah. I would use emotional. That is, one yeah, of I was going to say emotional. Yeah. I would use emotional. I would say, um, aesthetically pleasing. Sure. I like that. And I would also say, this is kind of like emotional, but I would say that there's a lot of stuff in this that is, it's very heavy. Yeah. She's so. Heavy. Heavy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed this one, man. Mm-hmm. I like the I show a lot. I thought it was good. I'm excited for the next part. It was yeah. very sad. I, I really, really, really. It definitely had a couple episodes in there. That I wasn't crying, but it had me reeling. Like, oh, I straight like up, I, said, I straight up balled. A I, I told times. you, I was like, if they would have threw a little harder of a gut punch, it might have got me. Yeah, but, maybe. No, I, yeah. I I definitely cried a couple times. It, yeah, was, it was good. I really enjoyed this one. It, it was, was good. that's that's a good word for it. Cathartic. Mm-hmm. It just it ooh, it's good stuff, man. But yeah, that's Violet Evergarden. Um, I can't wait to see more. Yeah. Um, let us know what you guys thought. Let's go ahead and drop in. The, I do want to talk about this just because. So potential spoiler, I guess. Uh huh. Um, maybe skip ahead a minute because I want to talk about this for a second. Starting one, two, three. Now, in the novels. Fucking Gilbert shows up. He is straight up not dead. In yeah. fact, he just shows up. I don't know how that works because I haven't read them. I kind of want to read them, but I've done what little research I've done. It's not a. It's not a question. Like it yeah, is. Just... It is at first. You find out that he's doing like the secret military stuff and that he swore Hodges to secrecy and whatnot because he's like doing the secret military stuff. Maybe like the extremists have have their like they're not really with the military. They're their own thing. Maybe he's doing his own thing in 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 uh you know opposition to that but that's a whole thing he is straight up not dead he shows up and violet actually figures out that he's not dead beforehand and manages to he 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 just shows up at some point and he's got like 
one arm missing, so he's got like a like a arm like hers, and he's got an eye patch. But dude lives. Now they've changed enough in this one that like you kind of get the same story. In fact, apparently there's a part in the anime where uh, it's one of the times that she she think I think maybe that bit at the end when she runs downstairs. But it, it well, she does say at one point right at the end. I I still don't believe that he's dead. Yeah, well that that's the thing is uh, apparently there's a point in the books where she runs like she she goes to thinking that uh you know like like that bit at the end where it turns out it was uh D three she like runs downstairs and it actually is him in the book but here it's D three mm-hmm. it's not him which. I don't know. Part of me kind of thinks that if they're going to make it so different then yeah, they need to go ahead and let him be dead because it is so, so gut wrenching and whatnot. But, but you can still build a good story off of this and bring him yeah, back. I, I really do. I, I'll say again, I, I really do want to see where they go with it from this. I really did enjoy this show and I want more. I really liked it. Yeah, it was good. I really, really liked it. Brandon, you want to tell them what we're starting next week? Next week, we've discussed it. It's one that I've actually already watched and I loved it. So I'm totally cool with us covering this one. Uh, I've talked about it a little bit on the show. We're going to watch Agretsuko. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It looks awesome. So we're going to do the first four episodes of we're it. We're going to do the first four. So it's only 10 episodes. It's only 10. So depending on how we go, either the episode. Uh, we have the next series planned out too. I'm just waiting. We're just timing it to finish it. Yeah, right so that that finishes. one's finished, like because it's um, not done yet. And so we'll do the first four, and depending on, we might throw a movie, we might not. We'll see what happens. We could after the first four, we could do three and then three, or we might just close them out there because the episodes are 15 minutes long. There'll be kind of some shorter episodes for us, but we got plenty of stuff out there for you now. We got a pretty impressive backlog. Yeah, dude. So a couple of short ones, you know, and I can only imagine between the two of us that it can't be that damn short. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out, man. But yeah. yeah. If I'm you want to do a movie, it. I told you, I got that. I got that fucking, um, what's it called? Uh, Your Name. Your Name, I've yeah. got that rented on Amazon. I was going to watch it later. But yeah, that one's looking pretty yeah. good. We'll see what happens because there is one other thing that I have my eye on, but, Ooh. and I will tell you what it is in a minute. I don't want to tell because we're right. definitely going to do it, but I'm not going to just throw it out there. Well, right let, now let's because talk. I don't a, have the exact info. Let's talk about the one we are going to do next, which is Agratuka, which is on Netflix. You can check it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I've already seen it. Here's the thing: I don't know how qu- we're probably going to bust through this one pretty quick because it's ten episodes long, fifteen That's okay. minute episodes. We just episodes. need some questions from the good buddies. I'm fine with it. I'm I'm looking forward to it because I really enjoyed the show. Now, if you haven't seen any of it before, if you're like me, you may have seen these like shorts online called Aggressive Retsuko, which uh, which are all like subtitled and whatnot. Apparently, this was a several, I, I think like more than a hundred for sure episode thing that like would play between shows or whatever in Japan. Super cute. Um, it's about like these anthropomorphic animals and whatnot. If you look at it and you think, hey, this is this animation looks like it was done in Flash. Well, it fucking was. It is Flash. But it's really good. It's really fun. It's really cute. I loved it. I can't wait to There's talk about it on metal. the show. Hmm. There is some really great death metal. The show is just fucking rad. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. But yeah, it's uh, it's super duper cute. Check it out. It's on Netflix. I think it's going to be a fun time to talk about. And what's next? What are we doing? Questions. We got some questions? We got some questions. Sending them questions. 
Hell yeah. You send us questions. Hey, this is this episode's going long already. We gotta cut it. You always tell me to cut my solo. I'm sorry, man, but we really I feel like we've gone long this time. And it is very hot because uh, I it's will, very hot. We I turn will, the air off when we record so you don't hear the AC. Yeah, and before Brandon steamy. even got here, I recorded five hours of the Let's Play. Yeah, so play. the room was already steamy. <laughs> the were, house was already steamy. We were I trying took to my, cool I took down. one of my two shirts off halfway between, between this recording. Yeah. If you if you listen closely, you can probably hear when it happens. It is it is hot, <laughs> um, but I got us a couple couple Ooh, of questions here that are not shouldn't be too intensive. All right, so. bring it. Uh, first, we'll go with Renook. Renook the Brave. Who My dude. is your anime waifu? Fuck. You remember when he said he sent a stupid one? Yeah, one I think stupid. this is probably... All right. So, uh, I've talked about this. I don't gonna, love you the You're going to give waifu. it to 14-year-old Violet? No. <laughs> no, what the fuck? Well, how old was Homegirl? Uh, the farm girl. What was their oh, name? there's no telling. You're talking about Maria? <laughs> yeah. My Maria. 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 <laughs> um, That's my answer is my Maria. I don't even know, man. <laughs> I don't. I don't have an answer for this. Come on. Okay. Ryoko is his answer. Jeez. All right. Um, good choice, dude. Good choice. I'm kind of jealous. If that it I was didn't anyone it. from Tenchi Muyo, it'd be Mahoshi. First of all, don't get me Mahoshi? started. Mahoshi. She was fucking great. She's Mahoshi? hilarious. She's hilarious. I love her. Mahoshi. Oh. First yeah. of all, first of all, that's my Hoshi. <laughs> Second, no, I'm kidding. Oh wow. Give me, give me a show. Give me a show and I'll give you someone from the show. Let's do it that way. Give me a show you know I've seen. <laughs> also, you haven't answered, asshole. I did. I said I said my Maria. You're going with Maria? Yeah, man, I'm going you with my Maria. You fucking ding-dong. She has like a minute of screen time. You just like it because you got the My Maria. Titties. You're the uh, worst. Neon Genesis. Genesis. Oh, God, they're all like 12. Well, there's there's one that's not. Oh no, it's actually yeah, a couple. With, what, what's the? Oh god, see now, now I got to cut up my nerd card because I can't remember her name. Don't worry, I forgot it too. The one with purple hair who drinks. Yeah, it's definitely the her. Major is it Kisaragi? Kusanagi? Is it Kusanagi? Kusanagi? I think it's Kusanagi. No, no, that's not it. Kusanagi is that's that's the major, the major major. Major major. That's major major. Major major. God damn it! Why are we doing this? Give me a different show. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, I got this. Neon Genesis. You know I <sighs> can't be dealing with... Katsuragi. Uh, uh, Katsuragi. Yeah. yeah, she's fun. She drinks. she drinks. Does she smoke? Because if she smokes, she pokes. She smokes, she pokes. <laughs> and she does smoke. Um, this is the worst. She's definitely poking. This is the worst experience um, I've ever okay. had. Okay. That was a good question. All right. Thank you, Renuk. Love you, buddy. Thank Renuk. Please don't ever make me talk about that again. <laughs> Definitely loving to see what he asked next. The worst. Our good buddy Clayton. Clayton, bring it. Give it to me, boy. Clayton, friend, but he's more like a good buddy to me. You say that every time. <laughs> the worst. Okay, he writes, I asked about fan service. What about fan disservice? Where hmm. the service is meant to discuss or repulse the viewer. Is it a clever twist or just gross and dumb? I need examples. He, said, he writes an okay, example. bring it. The first scene in the first episode of, or in a sister's All You Need, that's that egg scene. That's that egg scene? So apparently this, that isn't, that has nothing to do with the whole series. It's just so fucking weird. 
It's supposed to repulse you. That's what Clayton writes is fan disservice. This is kind of a newer term to me, too. But it makes total sense. So. Is that that one that I watched? Because I remember reading a thing that was talking about how gross the beginning of that was, and I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was that or if yeah, it was something else. Yeah, so it was else. the egg. The egg it going the egg. in her mouth. She sucks the egg like a dick. Yeah. That's a... Uh, that can't be good. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, gross out stuff, I've never... Yeah. I mean, I've never been into any of that. Yeah. So, it seems like just a bad scene all around for me. You know, I will say, kind of like what I said with fan service, it depends how it's done, because uh, there is some stuff that I'm like, man, I wish I didn't just see that. But there are things like, I just watched the Junjito collection. Ugh. And, man... He, there is some repulsive stuff in there. Yeah, I've already not, read the. I've already read I the comics, not man. I'm look good. Away. <laughs> I'm I'm good. I already read the oh, comics. Oh man, the one of the oil one. Jesus. Where he eats the grease. I don't need you to tell oh, me about this, dude. It's bad news. Bears. My dude, I've already been there. I was like, <laughs> I was there back in '07. <laughs> I had a big bowl of cereal, a big bowl of fruity pebbles. Oh god, it, it looked like I had John Cena in my lap, <laughs> and I was eating my fruity pebbles, and I saw that that episode, and I was like, hit. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want my fruity pebbles anymore. You're the worst. So I would say that was probably you know it's intentional fan disservice. It's supposed to be jarring and ugly and. Well, gross, I mean that's but... that's like a that's like a gross like horror show, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean that's that's still kind of the whole point. Like, it is, it's it repulses you. It's sure. Um, that's that's my. I mean they they don't have to animate it as as grotesque as they do. Yeah. But then again, I just bitched about an hour about Berserk and the way they censored stuff, so... Sure. I don't know, man. I don't... I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, is is I feel like both sides of this argument are just... It's two extremes on the same scale, and I'm not really here for either of them. Drop me in the middle. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an anime moderate. <laughs> <laughs> They call that a casual, sir. I'll take it. I'll a be a filthy, filthy fucking casual. Filthy fucking casual. I'd much rather rather be a filthy fucking casual than a than a than a, than a goddamned weeb. <laughs> hey, there ain't nothing wrong with the weebs out there. No, okay? you're all beautiful, and I love you. Um, thank you, Clayton. Good Clayton. buddy, man. That was a good question. Love you, Clayton. Love to see what you write next. That's all of I'm our so questions scared. for this one. So let's do our plugs. 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 You start us off. Yeah, you Facebooks can find and us. The Twitters. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook at the Good Buddies Universe. We have our own little group. It's growing up there. You can also find us at Twitter at uh, TGB underscore Anime Pod, all mm-hmm. lowercase. I got a, I got a little tweet uh, at us earlier this week. Yeah, nice. You like that one? Yeah, I did. And we we're actually over. We got two hundred people. Hey. Two hundred plus people on there now. It's, it's hey, building Twitter, up. Hey. So um. Go find us there at TGB underscore anime pod. If you want to send us any questions like our like our good buddies Clayton and Renook. Yeah, you can send them to the good buddies anime pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We also have the the Tumblr, which again is mostly a meme factory at mm-hmm. this point. But but uh, you can always tweet us questions or yeah. go to the Facebook or if you're on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, which is Rapid Kick Media's YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you can just comment below. Send us a question that way. There are a thousand ways. If you know of a way to communicate to us, Send us a question that way. For sure. We will find it and we will read it off. And you can also you, you can it. also send questions to that Tumblr, by the way. That's oh, uh, yeah. thegoodbuddies.tumblr.com. Yeah, Twitter has DMs. Slide yeah. in them DMs. Yes. It goes down in yep. the DMs. Huh. Huh. 
You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Google Play. I use Podcast Addict. You can find us on, uh, what is the name of that? Uh, Castbox. I've been kind of looking into that. It's like an aggregate one that has a bunch of... Yeah, but you can find us there. You can find us at podcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, of course. You can find us wherever you already virtually, found us. Yeah, virtually <laughs> everywhere, except for Spotify. You can't find us there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just hard, apparently. And then YouTube, be sure to drop us a subscription. Put us five stars on any of those podcast apps you are, and that would be really helpful to us. And we would appreciate it. Yeah, we very much would. So I would uh, also like to give a shout out to our good buddies, Married with Sea Monsters, aka the Mary Janes, for the use of our opening theme song, Paper Doll. You can find that at the Mary. Uh, I'm sorry, Married with Sea Monsters. Great stuff. They're also on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And the outro is by Petty Theft. Petty Theft, which, by the way, I tried so hard to find. I was trying to find him on, on uh, what you who's it on um soundcloud because he said it was on soundcloud and it's let me pull this up and make sure i'm i'm doing this right it's petty theft with two p's at the beginning and two t's at the end i think is Uh right sounds right i believe that's right let me see here i mean this is looking right but yeah man check check out petty theft if if that's incorrect God, I hope it his, let me The know. links to his stuff, if you go to the YouTube version, the links to his stuff are right there. Yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, cool shits. Cool, cool shits. Yep, all over the place. And that is it for this long episode. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We'll see you next Thanks week. For... I, it'll definitely be shorter because yeah. one short episode's two. We're only doing four. Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice. Well, we it'll don't be nice. bust it out. Yeah. Gonna bust then, it wide. And then we're going to get into some real good stuff. We got some, we got some great stuff lined up. So Yeah, man. Uh, take it easy guys thank y'all so much y'all are all our good buddies and we very much appreciate you hanging out with us once again of course and from all of us here at the good buddies universe I'm your good buddy Brandon and I'm your good buddy Roger you want to take us out yeah I'm going to do it with the sword sound oh god what does that mean (laughs) sheik what the sheik